Hi, my name is Carolina Ravasa. I'm the voice of Sombra in Overwatch. And um, you are watching Below the Belt or listening to Below the Belt. Um, hacking Below the Belt. Debajo del cinturón. Exacto. <laughs> hacking debajo del cinturón. En español. Hackeando debajo del cinturón. Gracias, muchas gracias. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I got time for another episode for another incredible show for you guys for your weekly eargasms as we say here on below the belt show uh we have a special panel but let's go ahead and introduce the voice that everyone else knows he is affectionately known as the persian prince of pop culture also known as the man with the calming presence also known as the zadi he is mike the general zad hey there everybody yeah um it's like a like one of those old like Wu Tang so- uh, clan songs where they go, AKA Mr. Weatherby, AKA the Bumbling <laughs> Buzzwick, AKA. Yeah, I can just do that forever. You could do it. You could do it all night long, depending on how many molecules. Yeah. Imagine doing it for Daenerys. Breaker of Chains, AKA Mother of Dragons, AKA Queen of the Unburnt, AKA blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you got it. Um, but uh, we have an incredible show. We have uh, two guests. And, and we can call them also guest co-hosts because they're going to also talk about everything amazing in the world of entertainment. Starting with, um, he's been on Below the Belt show before, uh, a good friend and a very talented uh, filmmaker, cinematographer, DP, uh, editor, writer, and even actor. Um, the guy does it all, Shannon Lanier, back on BTB. It's been a minute. Chance yeah, to have it's been it. a while. Yeah, I guess it hasn't been since we did that premiere of Harvey. We're lost. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's been which a while. Which was uh, the last film uh, that we had promoted here on Below the Belt Show. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, we're going to be talking uh, about some awesome stuff that you got going on. And we're also welcoming for the first time on BTB, although we did interview this amazing cosplayer in person. She is one of the most well known cosplayers throughout the DMV. Joe Colton of Joe Colton Cosplayer and her. Husband Wes uh, joining us the first time as below the on below the belt show as as guest co-host. So yeah. Yes, I'm very yes. happy to be here. Good to have you, Joe <laughs> and Wes. You know what? I I thought about you know I saw your post and you were like posting about elimination chamber and and I think the last WWE paper you ever maybe it was Royal Rumble and I was like 
oh wow, we gotta get them on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't have too many people to talk wrestling with. A lot of people, you know, have kind of uh, watched in, in the uh, wrestling heyday of the NWO and the Rock and Stone Cold. And a lot of my um, friends and colleagues have kind of stopped watching. But I am still a fan. I am still a huge fan of wrestling. I have not stopped. Yeah, do you watch both AEW and WWE? Yes, I do watch both. I'm a little more religious and a little more, um, I guess, loyal to WWE. Okay. They've been good lately, so <laughs> that's the promotion that I started with, you know, um, as a kid, as a kid growing up, you know, watching Hulk Hogan, watching Kevin, big sexy Kevin Nash, and all and all those great, great wrestlers, and um, Roddy Piper and, and Rowdy Roddy Piper, yes, <laughs> these are these are icons that uh, I've I've loved and enjoyed watching for so many years, and. Uh, Shannon Lanier, you were actually in attendance on set of a feature film called The Realtor uh, yeah. that was shot here in Maryland. We had uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Rob Van Dam, and Jake the Snake Roberts on set. Yes, yeah, there's Ford Lion. I mean, good friend Lion Beckwith, who's uh, yes. starring in the film. So, and also uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron O'Brien was there, too. Yes, uh, actress and, Aaron uh, O'Brien was a part of yes, that film as well. Also in Harvey, right? And so Yeah. So uh, it's good to see a lot of your... Uh, they're great uh, filmmaking actor friends, uh, a part of this film, The Realtor, which you should definitely look out for. Um, but let's talk about a little about KatsuCon, because that was the big con that was at the Gaylord Hotel in D.C. And uh, I missed it this year. I didn't submit for credentials this year. Been a little crazy busy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I saw some photos. Wow, some phenomenal cosplays that. Uh, yeah. That some yeah. of these like cosplayers like spent like, like the last couple of years like working on their craft and like they came out like this year like showing like there was a kang this year and like he looked so great um there was an ursula like she was smoking a cigarette which i found quite uh hilarious <laughs> she was just like sitting on a bench just smoking i, I saw like, that she like that i just need a picture of her smoking the purple yeah, skin. LED eyelashes on. yeah she had led eyelashes her skirt was led um and then she made everything from like uh just uh scraps of fabric that she had and yeah it was great wow well, let's talk about your cosplays because yeah. did you do like multiple because i know each day joe you do a different so different I, cosplay. if you're lucky it's one a day <laughs> <laughs> so i usually at katsukon will do one on friday two on saturday and and two on sunday but because of my current pregnancy situation congratulations by the way um, yes we yes. agreed we negotiated and i was doing one a day <laughs> yeah and i can imagine cosplay once you get a, further along in the pregnancy could be a little bit challenging right yeah i have to i want to pick like pregnancy cosplays so that way like kind of just i can still dress up and have fun but like just be able to waddle around <laughs> no wonder woman right now yeah, I can't fit into my Wonder Woman now. <laughs> right. Well, tell us about some of the cosplays that you guys rocked over the weekend. Uh, so uh, on Sunday, Wes was Geralt and I was Yennefer from The Witcher of Netflix, like the Netflix versions. Nice. And Saturday, I was I created a a bell from Disney Mirrorverse and had a light up rose on a staff and uh he was this is what she based hers off of <laughs> oh wow yeah it and uh you were uh comic wolverine. yeah wolverine with the, the bone claws i saw that 90s. 
So I had like the hands wrapped. Uh, the blood didn't turn out exactly, and I didn't think about using uh, one of my other uh, special effects mm. things. But uh, I had the bone claws. I had uh, a silicone muscle suit, so I was like jacked. And uh, did you do the had, Did you do the yellow costume or the brown? Oh no, no. Um, I just did. It was based on um, right after he got his uh, adamantium ripped out, so it was just a black tank top and like jeans and like cowboy yes. boots. Oh, gotcha. Claws, yeah. Yeah. I do want to do the brown and tan costume. No, yellow. The, yellow. No, the yellow costume is stupid. I no, the brown, the brown one, I agree with you. The brown one is far superior to the yellow one. There, right? There. Right? A general. <laughs> general Zod. I outrank everyone here, obviously. Well, the, the brown one kind of, the yellow one is very close to the rest of the X-Men uh, it's a colors, team. right? It's a team costume, right? So yeah. yeah. But it's inferior to his singles the, costume. The brown one's a little more independent, right? It's like exactly. uh, it's his own deal, you know. So uh, of course we're all psyched about uh, Hugh Jackman's return to uh, yeah. MCU yeah, and Deadpool three, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which he said will not mess up the Logan uh, ending that we all saw because that was uh, yeah that could get fans a little like up in arms if they you know went against the, what happened. Well, you that know, was a multiverse, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. That's another point. <laughs> this multiverse thing I'm going on, you know, is crazy. <laughs> um, I'm ready to talk pop, pop culture, but uh, Shannon, if we could, really quick, let's uh, talk about some of the amazing film projects you got coming up. Because I know you got, which we're going to be uh, interviewing in post, including into this week's show, actress and martial arts icon Cynthia Rothrock, which we're excited to talk to. Uh, to talk about her film Black Creek, uh, and I know that's the big project that you're t- that you're promoting, right, Shannon? Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, the one we'll be shooting this year that uh, we're really excited about. Um, I mean, you know, well, I mean, as you're asking about a couple other things, um, you know, we we have a lot of stuff in the works. I mean, we're still wrapping up uh, Talos this year, uh, which is that Lord of the Rings style film. It's still martial arts film as well, but something we've been shooting over the course of last year, and we'll be finishing it up. Um, so that is something we still have in the works from Dark Runner Films. And uh, we're excited to finish that up, and and uh, you know we're we're just working on some final funding for that, and then we'll shoot that and get it all done by the end of the summer. Then of course it leads us to, you know, um, the big really big project, which is Black Creek. You know we've been doing um, it's kind of crazy how all that came about because Cynthia, you know, uh, such a great lady, and, and I did martial arts for a long time, and you know we knew each other kind of indirectly, uh, you know, over the years of doing martial arts, but. Um, nice. I had uh, reached out to her before we had our Harvey premiere. As a matter of fact, she was back east on the East Coast because uh, she's from here. She's from Pennsylvania, and um, and because uh, she, she was back here cleaning out uh, her, her her family home and stuff. And and uh, you know, I was like, hey, we need to catch up and talk about film sometime. And uh, so why don't you come out to this premiere for Harvey? And um, from there, you know, we uh, we met up. She came to the premiere for that, and we met about talking about projects. And then over the course of the last year and a half, we've just kept talking about doing this film together. And then when I saw her again in October, when I was back out in Los Angeles, she's like, I have, I finally have this cool idea. And I have the script that I've done, which is called Black Creek, which is a, um, it's an action Western film. It's a mix of martial arts. Um, you know, Don the Dragon Wilson's involved. Uh, she was, she's been in Australia this past week when we were trying to get her on the show and stuff, but she's yeah. set in a, a day and a half ahead of us, <laughs> you know, it's a crazy um, time zone in Australia. Yeah, but you know, she just uh, reached out, and uh, uh, Richard Norton is going to is signed on to the film, too, and she's done two films with him over the years. And Richard Norton, from a, um, one from an acting standpoint, he's done a ton of stuff, 
but also he did a lot of the uh, fight choreography for um, uh, the new Mad Max, you know, Victory Road or was it Fury Road film and and um, uh, Suicide Squad and he's done a million things and uh, so he signed on to be on the film too. Uh, so I mean we've been doing this, uh, you know, as we talk about that, we're you know we, we met up in October and then we were I went back out there in January and we were going to launch a Kickstarter campaign um, and she already had a lot of her funding sort of set aside but. She wanted to go a fan-based Kickstarter campaign, and we've had it launched now for about 25 days, and it's already raised uh, $237,000. Whoa! Uh, doing nice. that, so um, we're gonna end up with a, a really nice, solid budget project. That is the great thing about it is it's all basically, you know, uh, fully funded on its own. There's no studio we have to deal with or nothing like that. Right. Um, so, you know, when she asked me about doing this thing, she asked me back in October if I would, you know, direct this film and also shoot it and um you know it's been a great honor and i feel very humbled by it because someone who has starred in over 60 almost 70 action films breaking yeah. in films you know his first female in hong kong film uh she could have anyone in the world director film she asked me to do it so that's uh it's an amazing thing for me to do that and i'm excited to do an action film especially with you know legends like don wilson and and um you know, Patrick Kilpatrick, who's been in a million films too, action films like a Minority Report, Offset with Tom Cruise, and and all that. So it's uh, you know, we're gonna be shooting in Old Tucson Studios or out there in Arizona, which is an old western town. They shot Tombstone, the movie Tombstone, and oh, yeah, and and all that. Um, it was founded as a as a western studio back, I think, it maybe 50 years ago they did that. <laughs> but it's really cool to have a full blown set that is all interiors, exteriors. Uh, we'll shoot there probably three weeks in in the fall. And um, the other cool thing about that project, too, is that uh, Black Belt Magazine and their, their app, Black Belt Plus, they just launched. They've already uh, signed on to uh, put on the world premiere in Las Vegas and also in Los Angeles next year. And uh, so it's going to be a big, big event. Uh, you know, action movie stars from around the world will be there. And it, it's just going to be really That is dope. Cool. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's, it really is making martial arts film history. You know, it's. It's crazy to think that when I was coming up with the martial arts when I was a kid, that I watched these people and I watched these movies. I never in a million years thought I'd be shooting and directing them in a movie someday, you know. And uh, it's crazy how that all happens. And um, so I'm excited to be able to do that. And it's and, gonna happen because the Kickstarter was a big success. Yeah, and, no, it's a big success. And yeah, uh, we have uh, we have the baseline budget we looked for, and we'll have yeah. more than that, and we'll get our days we need to shoot. And and uh, it's uh, something that will be happening this year, and, and it already has its arrangement for its premiere and and the great thing is to do a film that we've seen by millions of people around the world it's just uh i mean lots of countries right so uh yeah it's um yeah if you were to ask me uh where i'd be uh, when we did the harvey premiere uh you know this time <laughs> i know what i would like to have been but it's uh yeah it's really exciting so. That is that is exciting, and at the end of the program, in post production, uh, <laughs> our interview with Cynthia Rothrock uh, will be uh, included in this week's show, and myself and Shannon will be, uh, I guess, co-interviewing. Right? <laughs> I think that will be kind of. I'll, I'll make myself available for you. So. Yeah. All right. That's going to be exciting. And and speaking of movies, Joe, I got very jealous when I saw you at the red carpet of Black Widow because I. As an actor, I do get my share of red carpets, and as yeah, a host, I get uh, jealous of you when I see you on the red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was a little jealous. You know, tell us a little bit how that got involved. I, I'm guessing were they hiring like Black Widow cosplayers to to be at the premiere? 
That so I got I got it from two sides. One, uh, a contact of Wes's contacted him, and then I got contacted out of L.A. at the same time. So he had uh, a New friend. York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had his friend out of New York who works for Marvel, and I had my friend contact me out of L.A. who works for Marvel. <laughs> and so I was like, I can't make it to L.A. unless I get a ticket. And she was like. Can you get on a plane in like an hour? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> so, right. so um, we were talking to to his contact at Marvel in, in New York, and uh, she's like, can you just can you drive you know, up here? <laughs> you drive up here. So from yeah. DC, we drove, and actually it was funny because on the way up, our AC broke, so it was like 104 degrees in the car going through the Lincoln Tunnel. <laughs> Getting stuck in the Lincoln Tunnel. For and like, I know how those cosplays <laughs> get really hot. Yeah. Awesome oh, and I was right? foolish enough to wear Thor, which is a lot of armor. And you were Thor. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, I lasted <laughs> until the movie, and then I had to take 90% of it. Yeah, off. you saw him, like, stop sweating in the theater, and I was like, I feel like you need to take this off right wow. now. Now, did you see the one and only Scarlett Johansson? No, uh... David Harbour was that. Yeah. David Harbour was that that one. Okay. And this was right around the time he uh, lost all the weight for um, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Things. So he was like, like really lean. What a transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was completely like a 180 because he was kind of bulky. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was very. He was. That's from what I understand that he likes being that size. So that's his normal down, size. Yeah. 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 Slimming down wasn't something he he necessarily was going to keep. It was just. He had just like I guess, yeah. Size wise, I assume he looked half the size he did yeah. in person where he was in in the film for for Black Widow. We were just kind of like, it, oh, it's it's realistic because if you're if you're locked up, you're you're gonna lose weight. You know, if you're in especially a, 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 a camp, you know, prison camp like that one. You know, yeah. yeah. Oof. yeah. You know, <laughs> so you know sometimes you see people that are you know not super skinny in these like uh, like crazy like uh, prison camps and you know. I think uh, film, right, they're like really like chunky, and you're like, you should not be eating. Yeah, this. <laughs> I remember. Uh, yeah, the, the actress from Last of Us, Melanie Linsky. Um, I think uh, a model said, "Oh, she looks like she's living the lap of luxury in, um, in the middle of a <laughs> infected apocalypse." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's recent, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, one, of the, one of the really glaring examples of that is, uh, do you remember the show Lost? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the character Hurley never lost a new <laughs> exactly. at all. Never lost weight. And Jerry from The Walking Dead. That's another example. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but um, well, let's yeah. So um, let's talk about some stuff and going on in the world of entertainment. Why not, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. So here's uh, our little Hollywood uh, theme here for everything in entertainment. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, Benji and Joel, Maryland's own. Good Charlotte. All right. Um, they've kind of sold out to Hollywood, but that's okay. I'll... <laughs> I guess I wouldn't you if you guess you were married to Cameron Diaz and, and Nicole Richie, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yes, no surprise, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the number one movie at the box office, uh, beating expectations, um, and it's uh, the biggest opening weekend 
among the three um, Ant-Man movies. Um, domestically, 105 million in North America, um, including President's Day, was 120 million. Um, and um, that, you know, that that's positive news considering, you know, the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes was 48%. But uh, I don't know, Zod and I, I think we think a little different. We would probably a little more with the audience score on, on that film, Zod. What would you say? I'd say so. Usually I'm a kind of a pretentious douchebag and usually <laughs> side with critics. You got that right. Yeah, but like, uh, um, Al, you and I saw it last night and yeah. I had a blast. I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, it's uh, there were some uh, I mean, it's not perfect obviously it's not perfect like you know i thought the beginning was kind of slow and uh there was uh, some logical issues really um yeah like you know there's kind of a glaring like can we talk spoilers or does it matter yeah this please the listeners if you haven't seen that but i didn't even ask that yeah that's a good <laughs> if you haven't seen that man the wasp you might want to skip ahead here on below the belt show okay well, like one of the one of the biggest spoilers is apparently Kang needs um needs pim particles to get his like big um power uh, generator power source engine or whatever. And um yet somehow he and Modok are able to shrink everyone to go down into the uh, the multiverse. I mean I mean not the multiverse. I'm sorry. The the quantum realm. Quantum realm. Or get it right. Or whatever. So, which implies that they already had they already had pim particles, or had some kind of shrinking mechanism to be able to get them down in there in the first place. I didn't even think about that. Wow. And why did he need it? Because he already had had it. It's basically yeah. Maybe they didn't well, have enough. That's uh, possible. Maybe they, it's, maybe they had their own way of drawing them in, but not a way to shrink down something that was already at the microscopic level. And I'm just, and that's a, I didn't even think about that until you pointed it out. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, I mean, that, and that's a really good point. And that probably is, or it could be kind of like most, uh, you know, most genre entertainment where like, if you think about it too much, who the fuck cares? Like it's still right. a, it's still a, I mean, it was still a really, really fun movie. And I uh, like, I absolutely like. I was worried that they were going to do Modok wrong, but they didn't. He was perfect. I don't know. How I mean, what a surreal, crazy character. Yeah, it's it's a guy with basically they save his head and they give him little like tiny appendages, but they increase yeah. the size of his head to enormous proportions and and put a silly helmets on him, and there you have Modok and. Uh, <laughs> He and is, I, he is, far, like, I've been reading <laughs> comics since I was um, a wee lad or whatever, sure. and uh, he is far and away, like, he is one of my all-time favorite comic book characters because he's just so freaking insane and so striking in his visuals, and that's something that for the longest time, uh, up until the MCU started, I couldn't have imagined in a million years that that character would appear in a movie and people right. would take him seriously. <laughs> and like, absolutely. Uh, and how do you cosplay it as a as a? Oh, I've seen I've seen like at least pictures of people yeah? who do it. 
You can do they, it. They, you can do they it. They do it with their. They they usually set up their head and then have like a little yeah. arms and legs coming off their neck. Okay. They're in a black suit. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> that now it makes sense. Wow. Yeah, that no, was cool. But only sadly, Modok met met his fate. Uh, his fate at, at the end of, of the film and uh, towards the end of the film, that is. But uh, you know, we, we would have loved to see more uh, Modok, but maybe a uh, different iteration. Maybe someone else could. Uh, you know, um, become well, a Modoc. Yeah, some... Maybe he'll be tied to Kang in some way, so another Kang will bring another Modoc. Oh, right. there you go. And that's the beauty of the multiverse is that you know, just because one Modoc's gone, that doesn't mean all of them are gone. Mm-hmm. Like you know, now that they're they're gearing towards, uh, if they're gonna do Secret Wars similar to how they did it in the comics, like you know, that's gonna be like this big almost reset button for um, for everything. They could bring back all sorts mm-hmm. of characters. They could bring back all of that, and that and that's that's one of the things with comics is that comic book universes love to reboot things <laughs> and so don't and we know mr peter um yeah peter saffron and uh james gunn of course uh, yeah but um let's since you mentioned the multiple kangs yes let's talk about the mid-credit scene so we saw the council of kangs and and, and zod you hit the nail on the head man you were like oh but it's gonna be like you know uh the, you know the many kangs and uh basically um if you're a fan of the comics like you were Zod, you would know there's Immortus, the mm-hmm. older, more powerful version of Kang from the far future. There's also Rama Tut, the ancient Egyptian pharaoh version King of Kang, uh, uh, version of Kang. And then a third Kang, a younger version in a futuristic blue suit, um, which you call the Scarlet Centurion. Yeah, which... although he wasn't Scarlet, but that's like, you know, that's the other version. of. There's also... Um, that's, I'm assuming who the, that third Kang was supposed to be, but, um, there's also, there's a character, um, in the Young Avengers, like, um, he was called, uh, Iron Lad, and they thought he was, like, a young version of Iron Man, and it was revealed that he was actually a young Kang, and, uh, I don't know if they're going with that with, with him, although he didn't have Iron Man's colors either, so it wasn't that. I mean, if you have so many versions of Kang, this could be the most difficult version of supervillain to defeat because there's only one Thanos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, he's obviously the big bad of the phase five of MCU. Um, so I can imagine a very, very difficult feat for our heroes <laughs> to uh, overcome uh, many very, very powerful Kangs. And yeah, yeah, it's going to. And of course, we saw at the. Um, post credits uh, scene that's after the mid credit scene we saw another version uh victor timely uh mm-hmm. this was during the 1900s and sitting in the audience was none other than uh loki and mobius yeah tom hiddleston and owen wilson uh it was great to see them uh you know tying you know them into that uh, storyline of course loki season two already uh in the can so we're gonna see I'm sure another Kang uh, encounter. Together, right? So yeah. season mm-hmm. two. this season two of Loki is connected to to the Kang dynasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're gonna. I can't wait to see that. That's super duper exciting. Um, yeah, I loved it. I mean, the only thing is, like, I thought there was too much 
uh, Quantum Realm because when you watch too much green screen, um, and uh, I guess I'll admit it on the air, I I got a little drowsy. <laughs> as much as the action and everything was going on, when you have so much green screen in front of you, you it's just it's it, the the colors kind of blend together and you kind of get kind of lost. <laughs> so yes, I did doze off and there. Just a little bit, just a tiny, tiny bit. Man. I was trying to like the. I definitely didn't have that. I uh, I thought that once they got into the quantum realm, the pace was like breakneck. Better, yeah. yeah, I totally agree it, with that. Yes, it got faster. But the I cult, also but say the that like, <laughs> I didn't like Cassie at all in this. Yeah, they like, recast. They recast. Um, but nothing was built up. Like the first, yeah. movie, the first Ant Man was all about building yeah. up Scott, and then at the very end. The mid-credit scene was about, hey, we're gonna tease Wasp, and then the second movie was all about Wasp, like building her up. Yeah. Right. They just gave everything away with Cassie. She's smart. She already knows how to use her powers. Like she, she doesn't of. have it timed perfectly, mm-hmm. but like she's got her suit already. And I was like, I don't feel a connection to this character because like I haven't. She hasn't had to earn anything. Everything was just. I there feel like if they had like they'll probably have a deleted scene of this, but like them working on her suit and like kind of like getting her in a suit but like secret away from scott knowing that she has a suit it was just kind of like all of a sudden she just like had a suit and i was like wait like yeah i know it was mentioned in the beginning but like you don't even see her like was she given the suit did she just have a suit did she create the suit because like, yeah so like it was just kind of like off screen somewhere we're like oh she's got a suit we're done like and she knows what she's doing with that suit yeah, yeah. yeah. Fighting. <laughs> there was no build for her and i just yeah. i felt like that was yeah. like, uh, injustice for her character because like you had the same actress for ant-man one and two that little girl who stole every scene she was in because exactly she and then you you recast her because obviously there's a time jump and then you they re- actually recast game. her from Avengers Endgame too. Yeah. That was actress Emma was Furman, like, who, she, I, yeah, I guessing they wanted they didn't to go even Captain ask her if She wanted to to continue yeah, too, and they just recast her. They just recast her, and I think because Catherine Newton's already an established actress, and mm-hmm. uh, with Freaky and, and a bunch of other credits yeah. to her name, she would be great. But I yeah. was from Supernatural, and I didn't think she was anything mm-hmm. like fancy in that like she she played her part perfectly fine but i was like okay yeah okay okay a little underwhelming on the on the catherine noon i mean you know she's a cute girl i mean she can act but well, yeah, she's not a bad actress i just yeah. didn't think that like the the switch was worth it in the end yeah and that's where i get that's what mcu is so good at, at, at keeping me um convinced that this is one universe because they keep the same actors so when they recast somebody i'm kind of taken out of it yeah you know and they i think don't look anything alike exactly like, exactly completely different actresses i completely agree with that yes think of the same actor if you want to be convinced you know obviously the big the biggest change was like edward norton and uh mark ruffalo yes and then don was, Cheadle. yeah don Cheadle, and yeah. don Cheadle and uh terrence howard right yeah also a big difference <laughs> yeah it took me completely out of the like the convinced that this is the same universe you know now don Cheadle's fine like now i can like i'm like back in right but like when they first did it it jarred me (laughs) yeah see i don't know that that never bothered me as much as it does other people yeah i've mentioned this before but 
The reason why it doesn't bother me, as long as it's uh, they have like you know equivalent like acting ability and they're able to convey their characters and like you know bring out the characters effectively. Right. The way I've always seen it is, you know how like when you when you read comic books, there's like uh, different artists. Like you'll have a different artist on a different book. Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, Steve Ditko's Spider-Man is very different than Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man. This is very different than John Romita Jr.'s. And so, even though they're all Spider-Man, we all think they're Spider-Man, yeah. we all know they're Spider-Man, they, uh, they still look different. So it could be, like, different actors playing them. And that's how I always saw it. Okay, because you're basing it on the artist that, that, that draws them in different ways. Right. Spider-Man specifically, even in different books, he wasn't he didn't always have the same tone. So it lends to Mike's. uh, Mike's There you go. There you go. There you go. All right. All right. Convinced him, Mike. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. It's all because I liked Wolverine's brown costume. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But the the spider books back in the day. The quantum (laughs) was super cool, though. I mean, granted, yes, I should have had more caffeine that day, but. They, it was compared to Star Wars, like just yeah. some of the um, the aliens in the quantum realm and and uh, who was who was your favorite alien, Al? Like just visually. Oh man, wow, God, that's a tough question, man. I mean, the more popular one's that blob alien, right? That, yeah, that yeah. I mean, he has no holes, and you know, you're drinking me. <laughs> <laughs> he told Paul Rudd that he had seven holes, and I was counting <laughs> one, two, three, four. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he got the seven holes, right? I'm like, uh, seven and oh, okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was just too much. Well, what uh, did you guys think of like the the? I guess the best way to describe him was the super lamp. <laughs> the, uh, I liked him. Yeah, I did yeah. I liked him, and I got I I felt bad for him at the like when he yeah. got. Pro, pro, I guess it was frost or like the blue light attack. Yeah, I think it was like a repolarization. Sure. It just overloaded him. Yeah, I felt mm-hmm. so bad. I was like, no, not the light guy. I like the light guy. <laughs> I really like that scene because it was one of the few times they showed off some different abilities. For yeah. Like he was like, yeah. I don't think you can redirect it and now you can eat it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm digging it. I wanted to see Kang go crazy. So I hope in the Kang Dynasty movie, like, yeah. he's really using a bunch of new stuff. So. I gotta uh, say, Michelle Pfeiffer can kick some ass. Yes. Yeah. When she. You mean her stunt double? Yes. <laughs> I don't care. I'm telling you, Michelle looks amazing still for her. She does. Like, she. I was like, I loved you when I was like 10. I love you now. That's right. <laughs> I would want you on my team fighting whatever in the corner. Yes. <laughs> that was our Catwoman. Yes. Yeah. 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 She did a phenomenal job. And it's great because she's an iconic DC movie. Now she's in the MCU. So that's yep. kind of brings her on in both both fandoms. And of course, Michael, let's not forget Michael Douglas. You know, he's an, yes. an icon uh, as well. Ants in the quantum realm. <laughs> yes. And uh, let's not forget Evangeline Lilly, which is interesting. She actually. Uh, was interviewed about promoting Ant-Man and the Wasp, but she talked about um, her anti-vaccination yeah, uh, stance. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Which, but... but but Marvel, not taking the expected liberal approach, uh, you know, a lot of studios are requiring it, but basically Marvel's, Marvel told her it's not for us to tell you how to live your life. Hmm. Which, um, yeah, I mean, cause she attended anti-vaccination mandate rallies in, in uh, 
January of 2022, mm-hmm. um, and then posted about it, you know, and basically um, told, it, yeah, basically. Did Shuri do the same thing? Yeah, Shuri also. Shuri was the same yeah. way about yeah. it, yeah. He's right. So, but despite that, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, it's, I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I'm not going to, but then again, we're not that type of show, so we don't have to go there. So yes. there you go. <laughs> Um, but let's talk about this Marvel slate, um, which is uh, the second thing on my list here. Now that uh, Ant-Man and Quantumania is, uh, you know, released, what do we have to look forward to? And actually, you so know, this, this kicked off phase five. This kicked off phase five. And you know what? I just thought of something because I had a fun topic before we get into the Marvel slate. If you had Ant-Man's powers to so go super duper tiny, tiny, small, where would you go? I'm going to start with uh, Mike, the general Zod. Where would you go if you had Ant-Man's ability to go? Okay, well. <laughs> it can be perverted if you want. It yeah, there's culture. always the temptation to go perverted. But. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know if I should say this online. <laughs> <laughs> there's always that. T- in fact, like, you know, when we had dinner before. Before the movie, yeah, you know, we were talking to our waitress, and you know, she she was saying, she she actually offered this unsolicited. She said that she would want to go into the Rockettes dressing room, <laughs> right? Because we were talking about that, trying to think of the topic for the show, the Rockettes yeah. dressing room. Yeah, which was kind of an unexpected, very <laughs> retro, uh, very retro reference, and right. you know, she's, um, I mean, she. So, like, uh, yeah, there's always that temptation to go perverted. But, you know, I'm at a point in my life that sneaking into somewhere to see things, I mean, it's all stuff I've seen before. Okay. <laughs> so okay. it's not like it's uh, that's really going to gonna change anything like that. So I would be much, much more interested just out of a sense of curiosity. Well, like. One of the things when I was a kid, I was so fascinated by, uh, and it's like an old, old movie, but the old uh, Incredible Journey movie. Is it Incredible Journey? Um, whatever the movie where, like, um, Journey you know, is the Earth? Um, no, no, it's it's the movie. It's like an old Disney movie from like the '60s, where like these uh, these people go into like this like submarine and go inside a person's body. I mean, they made inner space. Inner space is kind of the same thing. And, okay. and getting tiny and being able to see something like that, I think would be pretty, you know, that would be that would be pretty inspiring to see, like, you know, because like we have this like general idea as to how our, you know, how our bodies work. And but we don't really know, like, what it looks like, especially from like such a crazy frame of reference. But sometimes like when they show like, um you know, when people when they, when scientists use like electron microscopes and and things to like, you know, enlarge these really, really tiny things. And you see they look like these crazy ass landscapes. And they look like, you know, um, like our cell structures actually look like almost like buildings and things like that. You kind of see it. It's like it's like being in a, you know, this crazy sci fi city. And uh, so I think I think that would be what I'd be most interested in. But, yeah, I'd probably do some perverted stuff, too. So. <laughs> OK. Anyone come to mind? 
Uh, <laughs> my wife is staring at me right That's now. That's okay. So. It's a fantasy. Pure fantasy. Pure fantasy. So I'll just I'll just demur on that and say <laughs> no one because my wife is the most beautiful woman in the world. Wow. Okay. Smart right. I guess that's a smart answer if you're standing in front of you. Shannon Lanier, uh, if you could uh, have Ant-Man's powers and you know pretty much shrink as small as you want, whether microscopic or maybe the size of a thumb, where would you go? You're asking the biggest guy in the room. Is that? <laughs> yeah, if you had his powers, the biggest guy in the room. If you were to shrink. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I haven't really, I haven't watched the Wayman Man thing. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. What would anything I do clever with... come to mind? Not really anything clever. I mean, uh, I, <laughs> um, uh, I'd, pro- I'd probably think of something just bad, like find a way to steal money. Who knows? <laughs> you can get into Fort Knox. You can get into a safe and, right. and unlock the, yep. I mean, yeah, so know, de- definitely a moral compass thing, but yeah. Something perverted per se, but <laughs> that's just, I was uh, hey, do you, you remember uh, Magic School Bus, right? They did a shrink down episode. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, uh, yeah, probably something like that. Just uh, getting to places I'm not supposed to be, I'm sure. Okay, so, that's. Yeah. <laughs> How about Wes and Joe? Uh, if you had Ant Man's powers, where would you go? I would definitely want to be a fly, a literal fly on the wall during a uh, WrestleMania planning thing. I'm oh, wow. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, since I was a professor for 15 years, I've seen how it probably shouldn't be done. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to see how it's done by, like, the actual professionals. Like, But it will spoil the ending, the outcomes of the matches. That's the downside. I did a prediction show for something, I think, last loading year. Loading snacks. Yeah, with loading snacks. I got every prediction right. Like, I was, like, literally, like, acknowledge me. <laughs> so I would just want to see how it how how the planning phase goes in that field. Like, yeah, I can predict some of the things that are going to happen because I have experience, but I still would love to know how they do it because I know how well, we did it on the indies, and I'm like, it's got to be a thousand times more refined, and I'd love to see that. Well, that kind of begs the question. Like, when you were wrestling, I mean, are you currently wrestling or? No, I've been retired for about two and a half years. Okay. Like how in 2018. Okay. How intricately did you plan your matches? Like how much did you choreograph it beforehand? It depends on the the people because some guys like to just call everything. They like to have basically the ending planned and then they Mm -hmm. can call everything in the ring. Um, Oh, okay. And then some guys like the, like I personally like to have a beginning and an end. And then Mm -hmm. you just kind of work out the middle because the crowd really dictates a lot of what you should and shouldn't do. And I knew guys that we called spot monkeys that they couldn't call a match on the fly. Everything had to be planned. And if you got lost, you had to find a way to get back to there. And I just found some, I mean, don't get me wrong. You can have a really exciting match if you know every bit by bit. But if you're like me, I don't have a very good memory. So once I get out of breath and get hit really hard, I might forget the next three <laughs> things that we want to do. So I just like to go into it a little more organically. I mean, that nice. took time and, cultivating to to get to that point it wasn't something that i was just like hey i'm good at this all of a sudden i was like no this is this is difficult but awesome. just seeing how they would plan an entire wrestlemania would be fascinating that to would me. be cool yeah i, don't well, necessarily I, want to do I remember it. oh go ahead i'm sorry I, i'm just saying i don't necessarily want to do it i just want to see how it's done right i remember reading about the uh you know that famous uh randy savage ricky steamboat match from I don't whatever WrestleMania it was in the I 80s. believe it was WrestleMania three. Yeah. yeah, that 
that was like one of the first matches where they uh, they so intricately planned it down to each move beforehand. He was uh, f- famous for that. Yep, yep, that was one of the best matches. But we'll get to wrestling a little later. I want to know what 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 Joe would do if she had Ant Man's powers. If I had Ant Man's powers, I'd probably sneak into like Marvel Studios just to like get my hands on the costumes <laughs> so I can <laughs> I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> I want to That's change my pretty answer. awesome. Okay. <laughs> or like even like DC. Like DC Studios. Although, so when I went to the premiere for Wonder Woman, um, the company that I, I did it for, uh, the Baltimore Sun, they got a call because I had to sh- send in my, my, my suit and they thought it was actually a suit from the set. So I had to like bring it in and show my the, the contact I had. She had to take pictures and send them into DC and be like, this is not off the set. Like, <laughs> so you, so they, they accused you of stealing it? Well, they thought I was on set and somehow got my hands on one of Gal's suits. Wow. Because it's, like, wow. it's so, so accurate and so close. Yeah. And it's like made of leather like hers. And yep. so like, I was like, no, I just, I just do a lot of research. And yeah. I, I mean, that's a thing. All the snaps like you did. So, but they loved it. So. She's got a good leather maker. I stole it for he, The Witcher. He did. He stole my leather maker. There you go. There you go. So that's like, that's part of the secret is finding the, the right, you know, you know, leather makers, you know, because you have it's a kind of a team effort when you cosplay, yeah. right? It's not really you're doing the, you know, the the sewing and the cutting and all that stuff. Oh, right? I, I do. You I personally do. Yeah, but, do but for Wonder Woman, I knew that was like a high end costume that I wanted to to make sure that I I got a professional and like a master at his his craft, and I. I did, and mm-hmm. he makes all my Wonder Woman suits. Even my golden armor, he made it. Okay. Wow. wow. I guess I guess I get Samiga. What would I do if I had Atman's powers? Obviously, if we're going the what you said, Zod, I would you know you know meet up with Margot Robbie in her dressing room. But I'm not gonna go that. <laughs> I'm not gonna go now, that you see, you see, I still have an issue with that because all you're doing <laughs> is watching. You can't do anything. <laughs> I mean, you can use your and, imagination. You that, that's yeah. a crime, though, you know. So. Yeah, they clearly haven't seen the boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the boys. <laughs> oh, my God, the boys. Oh. Perfect example of that. But no, I'm not going to. No, you know what? I, I, You know, my nephew has, like, a, so many freaking toys and Lego sets. I think it would be just be fun to, like, Get down to the size where you can like get into like the Lego Millennium Falcon and then jump over to like Hogwarts Castle Lego and you know take a bunch of yeah take take a bunch of like cool selfies you know maybe go into a ball pit you know and uh, you know as as a very small actually no that's not very sanitary is it that's not sanitary (laughs) bottom with like the gum and the food and like the other stuff. Or maybe just go into a hamster cage and run that wheel and try to, like, dodge the hamster. I don't know. <laughs> Some fun stuff you could think of. Uh, but obviously, I want to be able to regain my abilities right away um, in case uh, if I was in that hamster wheel and the hamster got a little too close for comfort, then yeah. Um, <laughs> and just just think, if you had if you had your hands on pin particles, you could, for example, mm. never have to worry about parking ever again. Um, yeah. You know. 
Wait, oh, because I could shrink my car and put it yeah. in my pocket. Exactly. Holy smokes, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. The valet yeah, uh, again. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's shrinking stuff around me, right? Well, that's that's a, that's, a that's, that's for free. <laughs> that's one of those uh, suspend disbelief things with a lot of like uh, superhero powers. Like you think about that, Hank Pym could create uh, created the you know um, technology that could shrink anything. Just that one application alone would probably would have probably made him a billionaire. And uh, you think about it that like. Uh, <clears throat> regardless of all of the other stuff or you know mm -hmm. you could you could stop world hunger you know you just make uh make mm -hmm. enough food uh you, you know they even showed a scene where they he took a tiny pizza and he made it big yeah and um would you, know, you like, would yeah. you use it for the second one with a uh, a candy bar that he had uh enlarged mm -hmm. oh yeah and your wife might enjoy it if you use the pin particles in the bedroom right zod Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Although I don't think I need it that way, but that's, it's like that's fired. Yeah, we've got a we've got a we've got enough of a giant man here. So oh, okay, okay, Zadi. <laughs> oh. You call him Zadi. <laughs> well, those are some good, uh, really unique, creative answers. We love doing that here on Below the Belt Show. Very what if, very fantasy land uh, topics, and yes, I mean it's all fantasy, Zadi. So you can, yeah. Whoever, whoever dressing room you want to sneak into, it's, yeah. it's all fantasy. But, uh, well, what else is coming out in Marvel uh, that we're excited to talk about? Um, well, um, Secret Invasion is the next Disney Plus series. So it's uh, Sam Jackson returns as Nick Fury. Only six episodes. Um, and uh, basically has to stop an alien invasion of Earth by shape-shifting scrolls. So that's right there. That's going to be very exciting and fun. And oh my gosh, one of my favorites, Amelia Clark, is in the MCU now. And she's in uh, Game of Thrones and uh, Star Wars. So she's in like all my favorite fandoms. And I just, that's right. putting Amelia Clark like right up there. All she needs to do have is. They, DC. Have they officially named who her character is? No, I don't know no. much about her. Well, like there's a lot, of, there's a lot of rumors that say she's going to be Abigail Brand, who's a. Uh, I don't. I mean, maybe a deep cut, although not really, because Abigail Brand like appears in a lot of comics recently, and she kind of like toes the line between being like this uh, this heroic agent and kind of being this like really shady manipulator. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Looks like a lot of fun. Of course, we've seen trailers of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. The newest trailer we talked about last week. Um, will the Guardian survive? Because, you know, uh, Dave Bautista saying he's done with Drax and which makes me wonder, you know, also with James Gunn leaving MCU, will some of your favorite Guardians of the Galaxy meet their fate in the third film? Mm -hmm. um, we'll just have to wait and see. But, you know, you know, he, he, I love I love the Guardians movies. Definitely some of my favorites among uh, the MCU movies. So looking forward to that. Then we have the Marvels a little later in uh, November of 2023, which they just also dropped a poster um, with um, Brie Larson's Carol Danvers, Amon Vellani's Kamala Khan, and Tiana Paris's Monica Rambeau. All on that uh, particular poster. It looks really, really cool, the poster, but will the film deliver? Um, I hope so. You know, um, I think the first Captain Marvel was okay it was all right you know i mean a lot of people have different opinions on that film still better than love and thunder 
Still, still, really? We weren't a fan of Love and Thunder, really. I only liked, um, uh, oh my God, what's her name? Natalie Portman. They did her, right by her, but the rest of it, I'm like, like, ugh. Really? Not even Chris Hemsworth's ass could help? Not even that. <laughs> I started to watch that on the plane to Los Angeles when I went there in January, and I was just like, it's a very odd choice. It starts out so, like, sad and kind of like, wow, with those little girl dying. Mm-hmm. And it uh, goes full on, like, uh, YouTube, TikTok. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just like all the all the stuff that came from Ragnarok that was, like, kind of funny. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I he overdid it. it. He overdid it. Yeah, the director's name, I forgot his name. All of a sudden. Uh, YTD. Yeah. Yeah, YTD. YTD. He had like four and a half hours. Yeah, I, I was, YTD, it's funny. When he's done stuff like where he's talking, he's not really that funny. <laughs> but he thinks he's hilarious. It was it was just very narcissistic in the way that it was done. Made himself a narrator and tried to make a joke of everything all yeah. the time. And it didn't work. It was really funny when it was just sort of deadpan at Ragnarok, because yeah. it's yeah. sort of out, of out of place. But then it's like just vomit on the screen of jokes, and it's like, it's all <laughs> yeah, there was there was but a limit, and like I, I, he passed that limit like within yeah first fifteen minutes. Yeah, it was bad. yeah, yeah. Just like <laughs> jokes in uh, it was funny in um uh, the Avengers movie, right? Mm-hmm. When they're sitting there playing video games, that was funny. But it just it just went crazy, where you just had to talk all the time. So, I don't know. I didn't finish the movie, so I don't know if it was good or not. I, got a- I think that's a pretty much a consensus for a lot of people. They they love Ragnarok, but Love and Thunder left a uh, little to be desired. And then, of course, we have a couple more Disney Plus series, Echo, mm-hmm. which is Alec O'Clock's return. Um, is anyone really excited for that? I don't know. I mean, I mean we're going to see Daredevil. We're going to see Moon Knight, supposedly. I'm I'm hoping that that gets like really good. And we're seeing the Kingpin. Yep. So yes, uh, that's definitely one of the series uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to happen. I believe not till 2024, but uh, yeah, maybe this will be a good way to showcase a little more Daredevil before his own series on uh, Disney Plus, and then and then we get Loki season two, um, which. Uh, Again, expect to see more of He Who Remains, who is another version of Kang. Um, well, probably not He Who Remains, because didn't he die in the first season? Yes. Yeah. Sylvie stabbed him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sylvie did But it'll, it'll probably be that Victor Timely character or, yes. um, you know, maybe Kang, maybe a, another version of Kang. That's right. Maybe Kang, yeah. And then we have Ironheart. Um, as we saw Riri Williams in yeah. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That's another series. Wow, there's so many series. We have Agatha, Coven of Darkness, sorry, Coven of Chaos, rather. Um, Catherine Hahn reprising her ro- role in that. And then our, the next film is Captain America New World Order in May of 2024. I'm excited about that. That's going to be exciting. Oh, there's no other Marvel films this year? Uh, Not it was just um well we have guardians the marvels oh guardians my mm-hmm. bad my bad yeah the guardians and the marvels mm-hmm. yeah and then um then we have two more films to wrap up i guess phase five or i guess the first part of phase five i'm not sure how long it's gonna go um but that would be uh thunderbolts which is kind of like 
MCU's version of uh, Suicide Squad, right? Yep. That should be cool. Um, and they, they released that um, Bucky Barnes is the leader for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's going to be exciting. Florence Pugh's Yelena Belova. Well, Baron Thunderbolt Taskmaster, the Abomination. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I guess they can't go in any other direction with that. But Thunderbolts, when it originally started, it wasn't like Suicide Squad at all, actually. Yeah. They were they were villains pretending to be heroes, and no one knew they were villains. Like they didn't have the grand reveal until <laughs> at the end of the first issue because. That <clears throat> you you know when you'd read it you thought okay this is just a new, a new group of superheroes and uh, so and like whenever that comic came out sometime in the nineties uh, that was such a huge surprise and such a huge deal when that happened. Wasn't uh, it a Spider-Man book? Possibly, yeah. I, I think, think it might have been all, like supposed to be like like not variants of Spider-Man, but they were all like suits that he originally made when he was doing like his like identity crisis where he had like the oh i know what you're talking about you're talking they were called the slingers oh was that it okay yeah yeah that was a different thing but like the thunderbolts was uh around the time where um all of all of the major marvel heroes except mutants and spider like except all of the x-men spider-man daredevil and a few others but the fantastic four and the avengers were supposedly killed by onslaught and so the Marvel Universe didn't have as many heroes. And so these new heroes came about. And they, that's what people thought they were. Wow. It's getting deep, getting deep, guys. Um, and then, of course, we have Blade. That's going to come out in September 2024. Finally, they're going to go in production for that. I know they had a lot of uh, director turn turnover on that one. Shannon, you could have probably stepped in. Um, that one, Blade. <laughs> and then last but not least, Deadpool 3 uh, that we mentioned a little earlier. So that is that is the Marvel uh, uh, slate for Phase 5 so far. And uh, Are they not bringing another Eternals? I thought they were also doing Eternals in 5 somehow. That, that could be, yeah, I don't think that, I mean, I think that's the Phase 5 that they have right now. But I guess they could still add more. Yeah. Unless they go to direct to phase six. See, it's interesting because phase three took so many years, but like phase four was only like two years. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm like, I'm wondering how long they're going to go um, with uh, this phase. You know, if it's going to yeah. be two years, it's going to be three, you know. So we'll just well, have to wait. Also, I mean, Kevin Feige was saying, and I, I think this is. Um, this is influenced by, I guess, like Disney's having some. uh so you know they're they're trying to cut costs. So mm-hmm. I mean, he was saying that they were they may be like putting the brakes and putting out so much content so fast, which is kind of unfortunate, I guess. Uh, especially like I I think I'm like one of the few people on Earth that enjoyed the first Eternals because I really liked it a lot. <laughs> so I'm a huge Eternals fan, and I was okay. I, I I liked it, but I didn't love it, and I wanted okay. to love it. I enjoyed it. I was entertained. I felt that they it was a very different done, film. Um, the backstories as a Disney series, like a mm-hmm. six to ten episode, and then yeah. do that, like establish, because we weren't even invested, like the general public wasn't invested in any of those characters as much as they should have been to understand where they're coming from and why they mm-hmm. are the way they are. Right. Like mm-hmm. the flashbacks were great, but 
if you had like a one hour episode just on Ajax alone, it would have mm-hmm. been like, what? Like she's done so much, like across time, space, like they've been around for so long. You should like see where, what they built, how they've influenced or not influenced or stepped in or not stepped in with humanity or earth or so. I don't know. I, I, I thought that they could have, I guess, monetized more on, you, on you know what I think would, uh, you know, piggybacking off of that, I think it might be better to, if they do another Eternals, maybe make it a series on Disney plus yeah. to explore the, the, the backstories of, of the characters. Mm-hmm. I think know. they need to do more one shots. Cause I think that werewolf by night was one of the best things yes. in phase four. Oh yeah. I, I yeah. totally agree. Don't give me an I, echo TV show. Just make a one shot. I already don't care about this character. Yeah. One shot and make it, because if you really think about it, Phase 4 was plagued with a lot of content, but not all of it was good. Just That's true. Yeah, it was qual- quantity over quality. And I think that if they did more one-shots or maybe, even maybe two-parters instead of six episodes. Okay. The movies, for the most part, I'm sure, I, I'm, I'm sure that somebody might have a difference of opinion. But I feel like the movies overall were a higher quality in every aspect because you didn't have to make six hours worth of content. You made right. two. I mean, obviously love and thunder is one of those times where they completely shit the bed, but you have a bunch of other examples like captain America, winter soldier It's probably arguably one of the best yes. Marvel things that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. And it was two hours and like 10 minutes or 20 minutes or something. Well, they made a war movie. It just had superhero. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why the first three phases were so good yeah. because they weren't superhero movies. And we're kind of getting at, well, I guess I shouldn't say we because I'm not involved with making it. But I feel like that's where it's going. That's, I mean, I did technically do background work on Captain America Winter Soldier. But yeah, to bless you. pass my dream to the book a speaking role in a Marvel, film, a Marvel TV show would be amazing. Um, but some other stuff going on in, in movies, um, the number two movie, obviously, uh, is uh, Avatar The Way of the Water, which now uh, edged out Titanic uh, for the number three movie of all time. I can't see the point of that movie. I just don't Thank know. you! <laughs> I like the first one, so I don't know. I just, you know, it's, it's funny. My son and I, we talk about it all the time. It's like, it's making so much money, and it's like, Who's watching it? I don't even know who's watching the movie. <laughs> I know one person who is excited about this whole series. I'm like, why? What does it bring you? What I'm saying is, like, you know, as much money as this made, it's like it seems like everyone's had to have seen it, but I don't know anyone who's seen it. Yeah, you know, it's like I mean, uh, if you're, I've seen Way of the Water. I mean, I, you know, I, yeah, you know, I, I know two people. <laughs> My daughter's I mean, seen it twice. The bar, so. the bar was set a little low for the first film, and I think, but but Shannon, you think like the first film better than the second film, right? I don't, I didn't like the first one either. I, oh, just, like first one either. I never okay. got it at all. Shannon, mm. we're best friends now. <laughs> I hate the first. That's funny, yeah, because I was on the uh, the SAG uh, SAG Awards nomination committee this year. Yes. Right? And uh, that's the one movie they didn't send me. <laughs> oh, right. so I guess I had a link. I could have watched it at home. You had a it, link, but yeah, it's it's one thing. Yeah, they they really James Cameron gotta go to the theater to see my movie. Don't don't yeah, watch it at home. Like the amazing technology they use for it, but it's just I, it's, there's just no story though. Yeah, but hey, he's five of them, aren't they? Five yeah. avatars. Yes, there's threes in the can, and he have plans for four and five. I yeah, fell asleep watching the first one three times. <laughs> 
Okay. If I want to watch Fern Gully, I'm going to watch Fern Gully, but I'm not watching James Cameron do Fern Gully all over again. Right. I mean, I well, thought uh, after what was it? Um, the following year when uh, his uh, his ex-wife made Hurt Locker, and they spent oh, like yeah. million on that, and that won an Oscar. I thought it was just kind of funny. That <laughs> was that was the a great that, moment. Comparison like, the two is one spends some ungodly amount of money to get an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> um, money, that yeah that. <laughs> that was a great moment back then, of course. Yeah. Um, the third, fourth, and fifth movies include Puss in Boots, Magic Mike's Last Dance, and Knock at the Cabin, which I finally got to check out over the holiday weekend. That was on Heck my good. list to watch, and I loved it. It was Watch crazy. It. it was violent, bloody as hell. That's Batista in it, right? That's right. Dave Batista is the star. You had Rupert Grint, um, um, Ron Weasley from Harry Potter fame, and... Um, uh, yeah, this is M. Night Shyamalan's. Uh, uh, I don't want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now we talked about Quantumania, but I won't talk about the spoil because you know, M. Night's all about the twist. But this was a twist that you did not expect. So. So he's he's, he's doing back. better these days. He's back. Yeah, I no think more, he's back. No this more, is something uh, you wouldn't expect, though. It's like. No more uh, Will Smith. What was that movie you did with him? <laughs> What was the recent? Oh wait, he did do a recent movie. Yeah, it was Jada or Jaden. Well, that was like something like After was Earth or something. After Earth. Yeah. That, yeah. Earth. That, that was, was, was Shyamalan. I didn't even know that. Yeah, Shyamalan directed it. Yeah. Oh wow. That was a Shyamalan <laughs> film. Wow. For a while, it was just kind of like he was like knocking them out, like, and you were like, okay, I'm I. They're now not unique or and they're and they're kind of boring. <laughs> right. Oh, the worst like, one he ever did was uh, uh, Lady in the Water. Yeah, not the happening. I thought everybody hated the happening, or that. Oh, the bad. No, this right. thing about the the lady in the water was so bad is it was just very narcissistic, because he put himself as being the writer, and they thought he was the answer to everything because he was the writer. You know, <laughs> it was just really bad. I hated that movie. <laughs> he can't. Terrible. He terrible. has either hits or misses, but not so much in between, right? It's like I don't know. <laughs> He's an interesting director, but uh, you know I'm happy to have worked with him on uh, on Servant, and uh, I actually did some background on, on Split, which was uh, where I met the amazing Andy Taylor Joy uh, when she was just kind of starting out of her career in that film. But um, no, I like Shyamalan. I just he's just he's just put out these kind of weird movies. I don't get it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They they they're always weird, and, and this one, it's God. How do I say it without spoiling it? The twist that you think you might think is the twist doesn't is something completely different. Well, that, that was like that, the beach. That's that's the I think where I can, what I could say about it. Did you guys see the beach? Excited, like now I want to see it. Now like, you want to see it exactly. All his other ones, as he was getting more and more of these like twist at the end movies, I was like starting to figure out what was happening, and I was like, okay, yeah, it's like now not cool. Or, this no. one was not really predictable, and it was okay. it was very dark, very dark film, very macabre, very okay. yeah, it was bleak. It was a bleak film. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Some of the twists really aren't that. Yeah, the beach though was like that too. It was like yeah, I, I couldn't figure out what they were trying to go. <laughs> the beach was, <laughs> was really odd. It just was didn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see the, just this, a few movies that you can expect um, and what we uh, possibly could think about it um, Willem Dafoe has got a uh, a film called Inside where the entire film is shot in a single apartment and he's a solitary character and it's supposedly an edge oh, of his throat oh it's a thief yes exactly that's yeah, I right I saw the trailer for that because like, it's like 
he goes in to steal something. He's only got a short period of, like, a short window, and then oh. he gets stuck in there. Yes. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that. And he goes mental, right? Well, he's being, like, cooked alive because the, the um, atmospheric controls are all, uh, like, messed up and, like, nobody's supposed to be in there. So it's, like, there's no, like, yeah. AC or anything. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yep. So the security system locks down and uh, he's got all these uh, works of art, but he's got to survive somehow, you know. Uh, so that's a unique film coming out soon. Um they're doing a, a live-action Lilo and Stitch feature with Zach Galifianakis, who's been uh, casting that one. Sounds that awesome. should be a lot of fun. Um, Zod, your favorite Karen Gillum is in a film I called... Like, I do like Karen Gillum. Yes, Nebula herself will be in a film called Sleeping Dogs, which shoots in Australia. Is that based off the video game? It's a book-to-film adaptation of... Uh, Shirovay's critically acclaimed novel, The Book of Mirrors, if you're familiar. Oh, no, okay. All right, I thought it was yeah. based off that uh, old Hong Kong beat-em-up. Yeah, no, I think that's a different project. We got Kathy Bates, John Malkovich, and Anna Sophia Robb in a film called Thelma, um, coming out the true story of um, a mother uh, with an 11-year battle um, um, with the story... The true story of an 11-year battle by a mother of the John Kennedy Tool Pulitzer Prize-winning author of A Confederacy of Dunces. So uh, check that out. And uh, Nick Frost, who is an awesome actor, Alicia Silverstone, Kevin Connolly have a dark comedy called Crazy House, hmm. uh, set in the 90s about a religious homemaker um, and his uh, sitcom family. So that oh, should be a fun one as well. So those are some movies that, that you can expect to come out uh, when we get back uh, from the classic cut break. We will throw out a few TV things. We'll talk the world of wrestling. And uh, General Zod, I know we've had you working overtime on BTB. You're going to be signing off. Yeah, got to sign off. Got got some real world stuff I got to deal with. So No doubt. We totally get it. We totally get it. And Shannon, are you hanging out or, or uh, for a little bit? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, we have to talk about Cocaine Bear. We, oh yeah, let's let's talk a little. I'm gonna be co- missing a convo about Cocaine Bear. Oh, <laughs> well, let's, let's throw out one more movie thing before we go. <laughs> cocaine Bear uh, apparently is going to be the top of the box office. Well, will it be the top of the box office? Will, will. <laughs> will it overthrow Ant Man <laughs> and the Wasp Quantumania? Oh my gosh! I love the concept of Cocaine Bear. It's just freaking hysterical. Well, you gotta you gotta be careful though, because there's a lot of the hype behind Cocaine Bear is really similar to. Remember Snakes on a Plane? Love that movie. Mm-hmm. I don't That's know. A, I think Cocaine Bear would be bigger than that. I mean, that that was such a that was a fun movie, but by all accounts, I mean that was a failure. That movie, like it it didn't equate like all of the hype for it didn't equate to any sort of like actual success for it, and. People don't even really talk about it that much. It, it, it isn't really even that, like, big of a cult thing. And I hope that uh, Cocaine Bear has much more of a cast and, and just much more of a crazy nuance of special effects. And the other mm-hmm. one was just supposed to be – Snakes on a Plane was just supposed to be just him cussing at everybody the whole time. You know? Gratuitous cussing. Yeah. yeah. This, 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 from a humor state, plus it's Raylio, just one of his – well, Raylio has, like, ten films that came out this year after his death. I don't know what's all that about, but – um, I, I think this movie, though, Cooking Bear, is going to be brilliant. Um, I mean, it's a, it's clearly a CG bear, a CGI bear, uh, to bring to life the, the coked-out grizzly. Uh, budgeted at roughly $35 million. It's got a great cast. Carrie Russell, O'Shea Jackson Jr., 
Solo himself, Alden Ehrenreich, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, um, Brooklyn Prince, and directed by Elizabeth Banks. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's oh, another okay. interesting, and it's inspired by a stranger than fiction story about a drug runner's plane crash. And the film imagines the events that would have transpired if the American black bear had ingested the duffel bag full of blow and lived to tell the tale. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> think the truth. The, the real story is that that did happen, but the bear died. Died. Yeah, I know it did. The, it was cocaine and fell out a plane, and a bear did eat it, and then he just found a dead bear. That's all that really happened. Massive heart <laughs> attack. I mean, OD basically, yeah, right? Ate a whole block of cocaine. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so if he did survive it, this is what he would do. I mean, this is the movie's about. So it's funny like that. All right. So it's not another Charlie Angels. It, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, let's take a classic cut break and say goodbye to Mike the General Zod. Mike the General Zod, thank you for joining us. And Thanks uh, for, for having me, as always. Yeah, of course. And for the classic cut, I decided to play a cover of one of my favorite English bands, The Pesh Mode. Mm. This particular song was featured in The Last of Us, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal series on HBO, which I'm completely hooked on to. And um, they had this band called Luno um, cover it. It's a very nice melodic piano-inspired version of their hit song, Never Let Me Down, which was featured, uh, both the original song by Depeche Mode and this cover was featured in The Last of Us. So that will be our cool cla- cool cut slash ca- classic cut as we take a drink break, smoke break, bathroom break, and we'll be right back here on Below the Belt Shows. Wow, what a beautiful rendition of Never Let Me Down Again by Luno, featured in um, what is probably one of the best video game to live action uh, adaptations I've seen, The Last of Us. Has anyone gotten into Last of Us yet? We're two episodes behind. Yeah. Two episodes behind. Okay, so we'll try not to talk episode six spoilers. Okay. But my God, that was just, we'll get there in a minute. But uh, Shannon, um, um, I know that you have to... To run, but we're um, you're going to be joining us uh, later in the program when we interview Cynthia Rothrock. Absolutely. Yep, and uh, she's going to be our special guest featured at the end of the the program. Cynthia Rothrock, um, martial arts legend, actress. Uh, you're going to be working with her in the film Black Creek. And uh, Shannon, thank you so much uh, for joining us here on Below the Belt Show. No, thank you so much. I mean, you know, make sure. Uh, and I know Cynthia will talk to her when she comes on, but. Uh, Definitely go on to go to black blackcreekmovie.com and check it out. That's right. And your official website is darkroninfilms.com. That's right. Yeah. That's a dope name. <laughs> right? Right? Dark Ronin Films? Got to get uh, Jeremy Renner when he's fully uh, healed to, to appear. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Shannon, thanks for joining us here on BTB. Thanks, guys. We'll see you now. Awesome. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So, yeah, we're back. We're back, guys. Um. Joe and Wes uh, beat the cool kids and, and hanging out here on BTV for uh, a little more discussion. Um, Late night. Yeah, 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 so, 
So uh, Disney Plus news. So uh, Mandalorian season three, uh, we're really excited about that. That drops March first. Um, John Favreau did say that season four has already been written. Good. Um, which that's, is that's the most quality exciting. of a Disney Plus show yeah. that they've ever released. I was, I was, I'm, the top, I was right? thoroughly impressed by the first season, enamored yes. with the rest of it, and oh, man. like I love the first twenty minutes of Boba Fett. And then yes. every time, um, uh, what's her name? Beal. Uh, uh, she was Madame Garza. Yes, Madame Garza. Yeah. Yes, she was awesome. And then like the rest of it, I was like, what is this? I didn't see a Boba Fett show. <laughs> I saw two ex- extra episodes of The Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, That's what it was. But uh, the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Oh really? Well, I think anything with CG Luke, I'm I'm happy with. You know, just for, brings me. Well, that part, yes. <laughs> I Man- Mandalorian 2.5. <laughs> yeah. The 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 flashback stuff with uh, Boba was, was awesome. Yeah. Yes. But then when they did away with that and it was all like we caught up now, I was like, boy, I don't like Boba Fett. He is not a badass. Like. The He's Rocketeer is a bigger man. badass than him. He's a sympathizer. He's a little soft. Um, yeah, he's a different. He's just a tired man. He's in his older age. He's become a little more yeah soft, right? I didn't realize just how important the back to tank was because we saw it every episode. <laughs> hey man, I got a bad back, and if a back to tank will get that baby I'd back, like and too now, I'll jump. I'll dip my jump in one right now for real. Uh, John Favreau said that we uh, we know we're going to tell a fully formed story, okay. and they've mapped it out. Dave and him, uh, Filoni, have mapped it out, sure. and um, yeah, he basically on post production of season three started the season four um, writing. So uh, of course we got Ahsoka and we got Skeleton Crew also coming out, which takes place within the same um, time frame, same uh, time period. So. Okay. Expects some crossover with a lot of characters on both, so uh, that should be... Uh... Ahsoka's supposed to have some flashback stuff in it, too, because they cast a young version of her. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting, interesting. Name, but uh, she does resemble Rosario Dawson, so I was like, well, that's oh. cool. Uh, but yeah, it's supposed to be some Clone Wars stuff that they're going to actually have um, in there, so it's, it'll probably be akin to what they did with uh, the Obi-Wan show with Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan. So it'll be um it'll be stuff that's kind of set in that era before like everything goes to hell. I love that, and we we definitely need, and I think that's great storytelling when you have to go back and of course revisit those characters that you really really love, mm-hmm. um, which they, do, they also did in, in the Obi Wan, like you said, um, uh, with um, Hayden Christensen uh, pre Darth Vader, uh, his yeah. uh, Anakin Skywalker pre Darth Vader as well. So that was really important to see as well. Um. Also, Disney Plus, if you're a fan of Mighty Ducks, uh, it, it's been canceled. The Game Changers uh, series uh, canceled after two seasons, so sorry about that. Um, but what do we have over on Netflix? Not too, too much. Um, uh, Richard Armitage, who you might love from the Hobbit trilogy, and Michelle Keegan, are cast a new Netflix series called Fool Me Once, based on the Harlan novel of the same name. Uh, it's an eight-part series as a woman struggling to resume her life after her husband, um, played by Armitage, is brutally murdered. So uh, look he's for that one. But he's, but he's not in it? So no, not, I'm joking. I'm saying so he's much. not in it much. Yeah, well, I guess because he's murdered, right? 
<laughs> if someone's murdered, how do you? I mean, I guess it gets a bunch of flashbacks. Flashbacks. Flashbacks are so <laughs> After the husband's brutal and murdered, yeah, you know how the fuck, uh, you know how how do you come back? Um, and if you're a fan of Outer Banks, that has been renewed for another season. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about The Last of Us. Um, that's on HBO. Um, so they go to Wyoming. Um, you know, they're they're searching for the brother. Um, should I tread carefully? Yes, because again, we haven't seen um we haven't seen the last two episodes. I, I, I definitely expect. do want to see it. I might have to watch it without her. Um, I heard that the fifth episode was uh, really sad. So, yeah. I'm not <laughs> a liar. like, what? It was sad, yeah. yeah. Five and six are just they're phenomenal it's episodes. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a bleak show. It's supposed to be. It's bleak. <laughs> well, yeah, I haven't played the game, so. Yeah, no, I never played the game either, but, you know, I I, I watched it from, you know, hearing the buzz about it, and, uh, you know. Uh, and Are you, like, totally immersed with it? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I just love reading about it. I, I love reading the the actual true science behind the cordyceps uh, fungus, how it makes you, you know, grow these appendages, like, like these freaking um, mushroom appendages, and it can cause, you know, mushroom all over your body. You saw it. The pivotal episode four, where we saw the bloater, right? You saw the bloater. No, that's that's in five. Oh, oh okay. You haven't. Seen, okay, that's in the five. The bloater's okay. in five. I know what it looks like, as I've seen the, like some behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, okay, so you guys are in episode four. So it's just it's cool. It's cool to see all the the various uh, levels. Uh, they think it's. I stage, looked it up though. Yeah, it's like stage like, four of the uh, of the uh, infected is is the bloater stage, yeah. where you're and then, completely and covered in fungus. Yeah. Does he look like a rat? Uh, I don't remember. I just know the Rat King, I think, is the fifth level of him. The, yeah, and I think the Rat King is when you have multiple infected combined. Yeah, I think you're correct. And they can form this super uh, monster. Yeah, no, we're good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it makes my skin crawl watching, uh, just seeing some of these uh, infected, but... Uh, I mean, kudos to uh, two Game of Thrones actors, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, who are Oberyn Martell and uh, the Little Bear, respectively. And of course, uh, Pedro Pascal's also our Mandalorian, uh, Din Djarin. So you got to love all that. And he's going to be the big star next month because you got The Last of Us remaining episodes. Then you have The Mandalorian Season 3 dropping on Disney+. Plus. Pedro Pascal is going to be the man <laughs> for sure. Um, so that's something that we're looking forward to. Um, what else? Um, they just dropped a trailer for the Boston Strangler that's going to be on Hulu, the true crime thriller about journalists who cracked the case of the infamous 1960s murder. It's got Kira Knightley in it. Um, Coon. Fantastic trailer. Definitely, definitely looking forward to that one. Um, and um, the last TV thing I have. Um, Saturday Night Live announced that uh, the upcoming hosts include Wednesday star Jenna Ortega. She's pretty much uh, nice. Hollywood it girl because I loved Wednesday and she's going to yes, be up on screen. What's that? Likewise. 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 Yes. Yes. Um, and of course, also upcoming hosts include um, Woody Harrelson for his fifth hosting oh. gig. And even Kansas City tight, uh, tight end Travis Kelsey will be a host too. So interesting they're trying to get all those uh um you know capitalize on the 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 sudden fame of uh, of our super bowl champions so it should be pretty cool 
Um, Fox is developing a Starsky and Hutch reboot with female characters in the title roles. So Sasha Starsky and Nicole Hutchinson will solve crimes in the offbeat town of Desert City. And apparently the original actors want in because, of course, what are they working on now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As long as the writing is good, then it'll be good. But if it's just a let's do a, a, a gender bend just to do it, then it'll suck. Like a CW show? No, like like the Ghostbusters. It, Ghostbusters. That iteration of Ghostbusters was god awful. Thank God, Jason Reitman brought in that next movie, which honor you always have to honor your uh, your original source material, like your original. I liked parts of that movie. You did like parts of the Ghostbusters. Like Leslie really? Jones made me laugh very hard because I work in the MTA field, and so a lot of her jokes about that 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 avenue. I got all those jokes really hard. So I I really enjoyed her character. She's but funny. like I can't stand Melissa McCarthy. I don't think she's funny at all. Yeah. I think Kristen Wiig can be funny, but Kristen wasn't Wiig. funny. Melissa's a little overrated. Leslie Jones, she has her moments. And Kate McKinnon I love. So yeah. Yeah, Kate McKinnon. She was the standout of that movie. <laughs> Yeah, she's Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) You got to have Chris Hemsworth in there as well, right? Exactly. Um, And um, yeah, so the uh, what else do I have? So really quick, uh, uh, Alec Baldwin and Rust Armor Hannah Gutierrez Reed have been downgraded for their uh, for their charges in the accidental uh, death um, uh, manslaughter charges against uh, Helena Hutchins. Wow, Helena Hutchins' family. Yeah, yeah. So potentially. uh, it was a five-year sentence initially, but now it it co- goes down to 18 months if if convicted of the involuntary manslaughter. He's not going to get charge. convicted. Yeah. So. Is the armor still at five years, or did he get downgraded Both, as well? Yeah, the the armor was a woman. Her name's Hannah Gutierrez Reed. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then there's another producer that handed the gun to Alec. He's the three of them are have the um the charges against them, but they've all been like downgraded. Uh, I think all three of them have been downgraded too. Up to 18 months in prison. I'm sure so. there will be civil suits. Civil suits will follow, you know. And can you believe they're still going to finish the movie? Despite yeah. they yeah. have a, They have a new cinematographer attached with, with the blessing of of the husband of Helena. pro after they killed the star. Yeah. So. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And and same with um the, when Paul Walker died in the Fast movies. Yeah, so. that's true. So that, that's another thing. And they thing. got his... Um, his brother is to step Walker in. didn't die in the movie, though. He died no. out of the movie. Yeah, he was racing uh, his car. Right. They had to figure out how to. He wasn't killed during the filming. Yeah. He was just killed. Not during the filming, but they didn't finish. Yes, yeah. true. But they I just meant finish. that, like, with The Crow, they were filming and he, somebody died. Yeah. And with Rust, yeah. they were filming and somebody died. Yeah. It's so. it's crazy. How, what Sometimes, you know, it's all about dollar signs other than uh, doing the right thing, you know. Yeah. That's what happened in that case. So, um, uh, well wishes to celebrities that are, are on the men, including Jeremy Renner. Um, apparently, he's still recovering from his snowplow accident. Mm-hmm. He likes to post updates on his Instagram story, and he's using uh, leg pulsing stimulation devices through his calf uh, and thigh to help the recovery. Um, this electronic stimulation workout, it 
you know, I guess is good for, for his muscles because, you know, obviously when you break a ton of bones, you know, it, it's the healing process is not only the bones, but getting your muscles back because you're not using the muscles. I remember reading that uh, they can't even really diagnose the full extent of damage until he starts healing. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's probably why they're doing the elect, the electro uh, electrolysis stuff to try to get an idea Stimulate of just it. how mm-hmm. damaged he is to then move forward because they, they said he shattered his legs so, i mean if the bones are shattered and the, they got to figure out like maybe th- there was a lot of like blood vessel and muscle damage that mm-hmm. they got to diagnose before they can i know it's a lot it's a lot and probably going to be not in anything for the next two to three years i think the mayor kingston his current show on paramount plus is, is, is on hold i mean you can't do a season three uh if they're season three, two or three they can't do another it's season three. it's three I the think. mayor three, the Mar- maker, yes. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have watched it, but um, yeah, I don't, I can't see them doing a, another season without their star. I mean, you know, Unless they do a story where he's off uh, doing something else, and they they pick up with one of the other characters. But mm-hmm. when you don't, you do if you don't have a character with the same level of appeal and draw, then it, it's just that would just kill the show in the long run. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, well wishes, of course, uh, go out to um, Jeremy Renner. And uh, who else? Well, we have uh, Richard Gere, hospitalized with um, pneumonia. Huh? Um, yeah, so he's currently in recovery. He was on vacation with his family when he started getting ill. And then we have actor Tom Sizemore. He's been hospitalized after suffering. Yeah, brain aneurysm. He's currently in critical condition. Happened um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just the other day. And he was in Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Bruce Willis's family announced uh, that he has been diagnosed with aphasia. So, uh, also got dementia. And dementia, right? So the new dementia is called frontotemporal dementia, no, known as FTD. So, the aphasia was was announced uh, last year, but now they're after more progression and more specific diagnosis, they they have it as uh, FTD, the frontotemporal de- dementia. He has really bad challenges with communications. Um, so, yeah, it, it's tough, man. It's a tough, um, you know. Especially for somebody like him, he's been acting for over 25 years. Exactly. Exactly. So, well wishes go out. And, you know, he had a heck of a career. So, nothing but the best. And, of course, it was President's Day yesterday. Um, we w- wish uh, Jimmy Carter, um, at 98 years old, yeah, well wishes, who just went into hospice care. He's the oldest living U.S. president in history. Mm-hmm. Um, and up until recently, he was doing like Habitat for yep. Humanity stuff. Like, yes. Yep. He was building homes. I was like, okay, like. Yep. My hats off to you, sir. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, those are the celebrities uh, that have been uh, that are yeah, obviously on the mend. Hopefully, in some you know, in case of Jimmy Carter, he's in hospice, but we we wish them all well. So. But let's uh, let's talk uh, let's switch gears. Let's talk about everything in the world of, of, of professional wrestling. Um, of course, I'm a longtime wrestling fan. Um, uh, WWE mostly got into WCW, like AEW as well. And of course, we have Wes here, who is a, a former professional wrestler. If you could tell us a little little bit about your wrestling background, Wes. All right. Uh, so when I first started, it was 2003, and um, after backyarding for like eight years, um, we got tired of getting kicked out of uh, uh, various places by the police. Uh, and uh, my buddy Zach uh, 
was like, hey, I know Jim Christian. Uh, he's just started a school. Let's go check it out. And so we yeah. immediately fell in love with the idea of like, let's just do it for real. And um, you know, it started out as like a super villain that was they were it was me and two other guys. And we were so bad that we were good. Like we were good guys, even though we were super super villains. Um, and that lasted for a while, and we were we were, we were pretty over because we were we were kind of like um, we were kind of like the uh, three M uh, three man band three MB, uh, but like because <laughs> we always got our asses kicked and uh, like we were very over the top and funny, and uh, you know as all all times changed, and so eventually we transitioned to different characters, and eventually I became Wes Mercer, the uh, super cruiserweight um legendary super cruiserweight <laughs> uh so basically i was kind of like a lone wolf vegeta type and uh well i mean like your gear was also like very inspired. that became that but it, i was yeah. very edge like when i first transitioned from the super villain to the actual character um very opportunist um i like to call myself the cheap shot artist <laughs> um, and uh i was just never by the rule book always got i was a smart smug bad guy and to be honest i was never very good at being a good guy um i was accidentally a good guy once um i i didn't i for, kind of forgot that i'm the bad guy and i was being very like I don't, i'm not afraid of the good guy type of thing and i i we slowly started flip-flopping where he was looking more like the heel and i was looking more like the face and an experience i was like I, that's not what i want how can i change this and i couldn't figure out that i'm being the good guy knock it off <laughs> and so eventually we figured it out and um uh eventually i stopped wrestling as much as i was um because i had three injuries throughout the the course of my three major injuries throughout the course of my 15 year career I had a broken ankle a separated shoulder and a broken nose and the, i'll take the shoulder and the nose any day over the ankle <laughs> that was like the four months of not being able to walk versus like three weeks for the shoulder and like a week for the nose i wrestled right. after i got my nose fixed because i'm vain <laughs> not nah, i'm right there with you <laughs> as an actor you get, but uh yeah and, vain. <laughs> yeah but I, so i wrestled uh mostly in um pennsylvania west virginia and uh maryland um like I, I said earlier i don't know if it was on the on air or not but uh I did wrestle for MCW twice. It was the same weekend, very very brief. Um, but I mainly wrestled in like uh, uh, Eastern Wrestling Alliance, or now it's called EWA Pro Wrestling. Um, nice. I wrestled for GBW Groundbreaking Wrestling a couple times in Hanover, um, and then it was just a bunch of little like there was this. I don't know if it's even still around, but it was called Kobe Pro. It was in West like Paul Paul West Virginia. I um, met Kevin Nash there. He was really nice. Um, well, but he, you've been in the ring with a couple of people that we know now, like on the on the professional scene. Well, I've met a couple like famous people. Like I met the Iron Sheik. He was in uh, in that Kobe Pro. He was a sweetheart, wonderful person. Um, I I wrestled Tito Santana. Whoa, Tito Santana! What a legend! I gotta say, I never watched him wrestle. It was way before my time. Like I sure. didn't start watching wrestling until ninety six and Rey Mysterio and Sting mm -hmm. were the reason I watched wrestling. Right. So of course. Tito wrestle and Did you Tito, go back and watch some tapes? No. No. Um but <laughs> Tito was a he was a consummate professional. Yeah. He was very good 
and we worked like a five minute handshake and it was like one of the most over things I've ever done. And I blew my mind because I was still very bored during the match. And I, I, I don't, I doubt he'll ever see this, but I didn't really enjoy that match, even though the crowd loved it. <laughs> we didn't do a lot. He less was more with him. I, I gave him like the. He's an older guy. Of... How long ago was this match? I mean, he was still pretty, pretty old senior uh, at that time. I'm sure. Uh, this was, I think, 2015. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he's, he's a big dude, by the way. He's yeah. like six five. Is he still teaching? Do yeah. you remember he's a teacher? Yeah, he was a teacher. But he was a big man. <laughs> yeah. Very big man. Um, I mean, I Jerry the King Lawler still wrestling and and after a heart attack and you know he's so he's been in the hospital. He had, stroke, he had a stroke just recently. Lawler. He had a stroke just recently, but yet he still gets into that ring for some for some reason. Uh, but um, any other superstars today, uh, West, that that maybe making names of WWE or AEW that you did wrestle. Well, I I wrestled uh, Adam Cole. Um Bay Adam, Bay. Adam Bay. is easily one of the nicest human beings I've ever met and a consummate professional and I hope that um and some of these other cons that we go to uh, I can run into him again because I haven't seen him in years. It'd be great if he remembered me too, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't care either way cuz Adam's a sweetheart. I I can't say enough good things about him. I really hope that his concussion stuff is in the past now and he can get yeah. back an ass. Um, who else that I, I like shared the ring with when actually like, Oh, uh, I, I, Rich Swan, he was in. Yes, Rich Swan. Swan he's, great. Uh, he's like probably one of the most underrated guys I've ever shared a ring with. I did get to wrestle with MJF once. Wow. Brilliant. Uh, one of the best heels in AEW. <laughs> the, the guy understands wrestling. Like yeah. if he was six four, he would be WWE champion, kicking Roman Reigns' ass. It's the fact that he's like smaller guy, five foot eight. Right. That that's the thing that's going to hold him back the most. Even though he looks like a million bucks, right? He thinks like a million bucks. He just he can talk short. like a million bucks. Yeah, he's he's so good. I. I, I I really wish I could have had <laughs> two or three more matches because he would have taught me so much. And I had more more experience than him technically. He wow. Was just, can't say enough good things about him either. I'm very disappointed I couldn't work him more. Yeah. So <laughs> eventually you you did retire. Um, is, was it due to the injuries or was there other reasons why you decided nope. to retire? Nope. I, uh, so uh, I don't remember his name anymore, but there was a PG, PWG guy, mm-hmm. uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Um and he, he 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 didn't retire due to injury. He just said, if I'm not in the big leagues by a certain age, then it's not going to happen. So mm. I can say I accomplished what I want to accomplish and go do something else. And with wrestling, um, I, I retired really for being a big fish in a small pond. I retired at the top of my game. Um, I very much... Like there was only one other guy in that promotion that could touch me, and we we frequently I would hear oh TJ had the best match or Wes had the best match, and so like there we were the only two guys that in my opinion, at least from what what I heard from fans, we were the only two guys that were like constantly like we are the best in this promotion. Um, TJ still wrestles uh, is, is uh, TJ Sykes. Um, he's a he's an indie guy on up and down the East Coast. Um, also another really nice guy really i i run into him every once in a while like at awesome con and we're always like hey brother how you been type of thing that is um, awesome now I, i'm curious 
curious, Joe, uh, did you become a wrestling fan after, you know, marrying, you know, and being in a relationship yeah, with Wes? I was a wrestling fan in the 80s. Okay, you, okay, that's so you're already a wrestling fan when you guys yeah, met. Okay. And then I got I I kept up with it until like the attitude era. And yeah. kind of lost it and then started up again just like flipping through the channels and I was like, "Oh, I remember this." And like I got back into it and then I met Wes and he's like, "I'm a wrestler." And I was like, no way. He's like, but I'm going to retire soon. I was like, no! <laughs> I need you to, need you to spear people for me! <laughs> Different kind of spearing going on now, though. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, you know, he he, he retired, and, and, like, we watch wrestling, like, a lot. <laughs> I used to go to MCW matches, like, yeah. when I moved to the States. Um, uh, I'd go with friends or, or even, like, uh, WWE shows that would come to town house shows uh yeah. and you're canadian there's a lot of canadian <laughs> people that are into wrestling oh yeah yeah, yeah. the art foundation the brett uh, the heart yeah yeah that's and speaking the best canadian wrestler is chris jericho yes or maybe even Sami Zayn. hello you know maybe. no 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 jericho has won multiple championships everywhere he goes that's true he's the most celebrated one he not definitely yet. is. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. It, it goes Jericho, then Edge. Yes. Edge. We'll have a Bret Hart. Bret Hart is. Bret Hart of... would be up there, in my opinion, but his his career being cut short, I because I I don't feel like he didn't go as many places as some of these other guys, and like right. Jericho reinvented himself, where his heart was the same guy throughout his entire career. Yeah, he wasn't really good on the mic back then, and he he couldn't. He was more te- a technical wrestler than an entertainer, and so um, Stu Hart taught a lot of people about the business and about wrestling, but not about the entertainment and the drawing, like drawing people in and and the storylines and the charisma and and being on the mic. So yeah, it's well, good t- though. Like I'm. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about uh, the recent WWE uh, premium live event. They don't call them pay-per-views yes. anymore. Elimination Chamber, uh, which was a very exciting uh, pay-per-view, premium event, whatever. Uh, on the road to WrestleMania. Um, I, I got to admit that the women's Elimination Chamber uh, match was fantastic. Yeah. We had Asuka, Carmella, Raquel Rodriguez, Nikki Cross, Natalia, and Liv Morgan. I kind of expected Asuka to win, but, you know, I was kind of cheering on for Liv Morgan. She's kind of like, I kind of got a little crush on her, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) plus I think she would have mixed it up really well with uh, Bianca Belair at Mania. Yeah. But then I really thought Asuka was probably the most appropriate opponent. You know, well, obviously my first wish was Ronda Rousey versus Bianca Belair. I, I wanted that match to happen. That'd be a good match. But she's not in Elimination Chamber, so I guess you have other plans for for, for Ronda. But but yeah, Asuka's the winner. She's going to be um, going for the tag belts with um, Shayna Baszler. Okay, is oh, that okay? So they're going to. Well, you know what? Will it be? Week they're going to do Lita and Becky versus Damage Control. So they're. I they're think the Damage Control could drop. Could wouldn't that be more of a main, a main event caliber match? To have uh, Lita and the man Becky Lynch versus 
um, Rhonda and Baszler. Plus everybody's healthy, whereas uh, Dakota Kai is hurt. So she's always like, yeah, hurt. Seems like she gets uh, hurt pr- pretty often. But yeah, her uh, and Tegan Knox, they're always hurt. They're, they're always, yeah, they're always getting hurt. Like Tegan always had like knee injuries. Mm. Um, yeah, a big fan. I was so happy when they hired um both Tegan Knox and uh, Dakota Kai back because they, they should have never. Phenomenal. They should have never gotten released. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're a great tag team. But yes, a WrestleMania match. Good prediction. I think I think uh, Lita and uh, and Becky Lynch are gonna um are gonna beat the the tag champs and setting up that that match. So oh, yeah. that that's a good that's a good well, call she's right make there. Come back, right? She's gotta get back up on. Uh... Yeah, and then you're gonna see a little bit of like Becky versus Ronda, which everyone wants to see. So that that's kind of cool, mm-hmm. you know, in that tag match. You know, despite it being a tag match, but still, I think that's that. Is that would also feel... be a good match, and at least for for Ronda. Well, Rhonda and Becky have history because yeah. Becky's the one that dethroned her. Yes. So. Yeah. And uh, let's see next match: uh, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. This was <laughs> like the rubber match, and for whatever reason, we didn't get a decisive win. Uh, Bobby Lashley defeated Brock Lesnar via disqualification yeah. because he got the hurt lock, um, a full Nelson move on him, and Brock went for the low blow and. Uh, Damn it. Um, he's an animal. That guy is a beast. Both both right? guys are beasts, but are you talking about yeah. Lesnar? Yeah, I'm a I'm yeah. a Lesnar fan. <laughs> he is a beast. He is the beast. I mean, the, the beast Brock Lesnar and the, the almighty Bobby Lashley. He has a mousy voice, but I don't care. As long as he's got like a mouthpiece <laughs> talk for him. Like you just if you have five, everybody, I'm good. <laughs> I, I expected so much more from this match to have a definitive winner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I guess this is leading up to Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt because Bray Wyatt said he would challenge the winner of that match, which now leads Brock Lesnar to the writings on the wall. Now, Omos has challenged Brock Lesnar, which I'm kind of disappointed, honestly, because I, so I, I don't think that's going to happen. I really think really that, I think that that's going to end up becoming a raw angle. And really, I think that they might. The rumor is that they might do a, a four-way between Oma, Omos, Bray, Lashley, and Lesnar. Okay. Um, but then there's another rumor that this is just like a, a flash in the pan thing, and, and it's always going to go back to Lesnar and um and Bobby, definitive winner at Mania. Mania, maybe um, no disqualification, no holds barred kind of thing, right? Where we can see a definite winner. I mean, they they have a lot of big plans for Mania this year, so I could definitely see a no holds barred working out. Maybe you know what we'd love? How about a UFC style match for the rubber match? Ooh. The last time they did that was with with Seth and um and um Matt, Matt Riddle. Riddle. So yeah, I mean they both have UFC experience, so they probably could do some. Wouldn't that be rad if they did it? If they went that route, I think that's if I was booking, I would I would book the rubber match UFC style. I mean, they could still go under WWE, you know, protecting themselves, not trying to actually mm-hmm. hurt them, but uh, but you know, use MMA style um, um, maneuvers is what I would I think would be cool because yeah, Omos versus Brock Lesnar that does not ring oh, WrestleMania or put him in a submission match. Yeah, I hope you're right, Wes. God, I hope you're right. I do not want to see Omos versus Lesnar. That's God, <laughs> it's a big waste of a match. No, I mean, no, not Omos in, in a submission. I'm saying. Bobby and Brock. Oh, oh, Bobby and Brock. Yeah. Which now Bobby's Brock got the hurt and Brock's got the Brock's 
Kimura Locke. Yes, yeah. yes. But we do not want to see almost anywhere near. He's yeah, still green. He's still green. That for me, That's man. a weird match to me. Like, I don't. That I just don't makes see. Brock look more badass because he's, you know, he's going to beat Omos and he's going to pick this big dude up and give him an F5. F5. And that'll be it. Yeah. And it's going to so. be a, like a big dude <laughs> flinging another <Yeah>. giant dude. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. All right, so moving on to the men's elimination chamber match for the U.S. Championship: Austin Theory, Montez Ford, Bronson Reed, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, Damian Priest, and Seth Freaking Rollins. Austin Theory retains. Yeah. In a crazy, uh, really great, great match, and of course, at the end of that particular match, um, after Montez Ford got uh, taken out because he was did an injury angle. Mm-hmm. Left the gate open of the elimination chamber and runs in uh, Paul Logan. Um, wow. Logan. Oh, sorry. Jesus. <laughs> They're both first names. <laughs> Logan Paul enters in <laughs> the YouTube sensation. And my God. Wow. We're, we're, we're definitely setting up a WrestleMania match. Logan Paul, Seth Rollins. Um, this is a WrestleMania type of match. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and Logan Paul has proved that he he has it in him to be a pro wrestler. Uh, I didn't like the ending of that match because I don't understand how Seth didn't see Logan Paul just staring at him the entire time. Mm-hmm. I wish that they would have had uh, Seth would have had some reason to not be looking like he's the, the, he's right there. You, you got to see him. Um, yeah. So yeah. I didn't like that. I mean, yes, he does a much better buckshot lariat than um than um. That was that a cool match. lariat. Well. Like, Adam Page is not a tall guy, so to do the buckshot lariat, like, he's got a good lariat, but, like, Logan Paul, like, his his buckshot lariat looks so much smoother and more impactful. He's taller, though, right? Yeah, he's much yeah. yeah, he's a tall dude. He's also, yeah. like, super athletic, which, you yeah. know, Logan Paul's a douchebag, but, you know, at least he's putting the work in. <laughs> but kudos to uh, uh, Awesome Theory. The dude's come a long way. I know a lot yeah, of people are thinking he... Yeah, because he was Vince McMahon's favorite. Now that Vince McMahon is no longer involved with creative, um, Austin Theory still getting a decent push, you know, into Mania as U.S. champion. Now, who does um, Austin Theory face at Mania? Now uh, we don't know. Um, not sure. I'm not sure who they're gonna um, see have him face. Yeah. So, any predictions on who who you would like to see? Cena. <laughs> Cena. Yeah. That's so that's that's the rumor. Like, cause he beat he beat Edge on Monday. And Cena's supposed to come back in two weeks, and I think that's going to set up a WrestleMania match. Now, we'll, and we'll, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've, I've read that, but of course the WWE hasn't made the announcement yet. And you got to put Cena in WrestleMania if he is available, but will the U.S. title be on the line? Yeah. Curious. I think so. I think so. I think that this the, Triple H's goal is to rebuild him as a more credible, less joke uh, performer, and I think beating Cena, considering a lot of people compare him to Cena, really? I think that's that's the way to to go about. It. I don't mm-hmm. I don't really care about Austin Theory. I don't think he's anything special. Um, I'm not Chris Jericho, so I don't. I'm not the definitive uh, <laughs> right. voice in that. But um, I just don't think Austin Theory right now is anything. He's not. He's just your typical like bad guy who like thinks he's the best like his his uh after the the pay-per-view uh the interview interview was, was just awful. so like by the numbers mundane i'm the best nobody can hang with me and i'm like 
that's why you lost your money in the bank because nobody yeah. can hang with you. It's like get out of here with that shit. He wasn't ready for the the main the main title um, mm-hmm. for sure. But keep him in the U.S. You know, mid card level. That I I agree with that one. We did skip Edge and Beth Phoenix versus uh, Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley of the yeah. Judgment Day and. Edge and Beth Phoenix getting the win there uh, via pinfall and uh, setting up, I'm clearly setting up Edge versus Finn Balor at WrestleMania. Yeah. Supposedly one. it's going to be a hell in the cell at Mania. Hell in the cell. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see that. Hell, yes. <laughs> yes. You got to put Balor over in the end, though. Really? Yes. Edge, Edge, Edge well, and- he's, he's contractually like, what, twice? No, Edge, Edge and Beth got their revenge. So now, as the veteran, he's got to put Finn over to make Finn a more valid threat later down the road to somebody else. If he keeps yeah. losing Edge, it, it kills all of his momentum. Mm. Like, you already got Domino and, and Rhea in a spot where, like, Rhea better win. She better beat Charlotte, or I'm done wow. with WWE. Because <laughs> I'm, I hate Charlotte. I don't care how talented she really? is. Really? You hate her. Well, she keeps winning everything. Like she's in the ring for like five minutes and wins. Like she was goes yeah. and like comes back, she wins. Like Rhea and Asuka are my favorite female wrestlers yes. of all time. Okay, yeah, they're both favorite, phenomenal, so. phenomenal workers, and I'm glad they're both in the women's title scene. Yeah, both of us respect. Bianca so. is amazing. I love her finish. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite finishes. The KOD, you put them up on the thing yeah. and you flip them. I, fantastic. I love that move. Um. Mm-hmm. But she, she, Asuka has been my favorite female wrestler since the moment I saw her in NXT. Yeah. I wish I would have watched her as Kana, which is, we're getting her the American version of that now. Yeah. That's, that's the gimmick she's going with right now. Yeah, yeah. They, they just, can't do the blood, but yeah. She the used to do the blood. blood way back in the day. I, I've seen. She was a murder clown. Yeah. <laughs> she's a murder No, really, that's what she was. Like, she was like a grudge character. Like when she's when when Raw when she started spitting up the blue uh, fluid in Japan she would spit up blood like she was possessed. Right. And um, so this is their version of it is the blue the blue. This is the PG yeah. version, yeah. <laughs> and I think it works really really well. All right, she's and the so main event. Sweetheart. I'd love to meet her. Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. Like, I want to meet Asuka and like hang out with her because she's <laughs> yeah. a gamer. Rhea, on the other hand, intimidates me, but I also still want to meet her. <laughs> I was ha- I was lucky enough to meet Rhea at WrestleMania at the Access WB Access. Right, so uh, this is during her NXT career before she became a force to be reckoned with on uh, WB Raw, and she was awesome. It was just great to meet her. Um, and is this look, when she look was at blonde. It's when she was blonde. Yep, and oh, uh, yep. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna have a great match of Mania. So, uh, and then of course, last but not least, on the Elimination Chamber was Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. Um, wow, what an incredible match! And of course, a lot of emotion, a lot of emotion in this match with the whole um, Sami Zayn versus the Bloodline, and uh, you know where does Jay Uso's allegiance lie? Um, I expected him to come out for some reason. He did. He took a spear. Yeah, he yeah. took this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He took but the spear. I expected him to come and help, not like he did. He stopped Roman from walloping the <laughs> shit out of Sammy. Yeah. Further. So this is uh, this is adding some interesting uh, dynamics for which a lot of people are predicting will be the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at 
WrestleMania. Um, they're clearly building what, that. They're p- clearly building that, and they have about a month for maybe Jay Uso to go back to you know, his allegiance, go back to the bloodline. Do you think, though? Do you think he'll go back? Yeah, because I think the money for um, the Usos, they have to drop the belts eventually, mm-hmm. and this story is tailor-made to have them drop it to Sammy and Owens. Okay. Because Sammy yeah. and Owens have been, like, they've known each other for, like, 20 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole story right now. Like, on Raw, um, Owens was like, I meant what I said. Like, I don't want nothing to do with you anymore. Like, I'll fight the bloodline on my terms. Mm-hmm. Right. If you want help, you should go ask your buddy uh, Sammy. I mean, um, Jay. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're not just going to put them back together. They're going to earn that back. Yeah. Toward, like, right. Because if, th- if they would have got back together on Monday, the crowd would have went nuts. But by prolonging that, when they do get back together, the crowd is just going to be, like, so overjoyed. And then yeah. when they win the belts and dethrone, how long have they been tag champs? Like, Oh, my God, days. yeah. Yeah, it's something crazy. It's something crazy for both of them. Now, question, when are they going to separate the both the undisputed tag titles and the undisputed I hope they championship? don't. You, you like having, you like it combined. Maybe. Make a single make a single championship. Don't get me wrong. I don't want the two separate belts. But we don't need a, a SmackDown and a Raw champion. A, a Raw champion or tag champions. You don't have a deep enough roster of tag teams anymore. So just make sure. one. Same thing with the women's title. Women's title should go from, from NXT to SmackDown and Raw. You don't have enough tag teams for the women Guys, you don't necessarily have to do that. You can you can just do Raw and SmackDown because they have a lot of tag teams in uh, NXT for men. Right. But just make one set of straps instead of having two. Do the same thing with the world title. Um, mm-hmm. Because by doing that, you can take the U.S. title, which they have been doing. Elevated. Intercontinental title and make them important again. Yes. Like, apparently, yeah. I, think it's, I think it was USA was kind of miffed that they don't have their own champion right now because Roman is technically a SmackDown star. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they've been using the U.S. championship as the big belt. They wanted right. to do that back in the day. And they made mm-hmm. the Undisputed Championship with um, yeah. Jericho and um, Triple H. The whole reason they brought back the big gold was because they wanted to have a championship on both both um, shows. And now it looks like they're like, we're finally going to get past that. Okay. Yeah. And now we're looking into WrestleMania. And so, of course, we mentioned some WrestleMania matches while covering, talking about Elimination Chamber. But the main event is Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. Uh, do you see Cody Rhodes um, possibly dethroning Roman Reigns and ending his historic how many days as champion? I do. I do. And oh. I. Uh, WrestleMania. Yes. Okay. And the reason I say it's going to happen at Mania is because. It doesn't mean as much if he wins it any other time. You have this story that's playing out that Cody's got to beat Roman and finish his story because he wants to basically be able to metaphorically hand the belt over to his dad because his dad never won that championship. Cody losing at Mania kills all of that momentum. Yeah, true. Like, I understand that they're also kind of enthused by the idea of having um, Roman break Pedro Morales' record, because that would be the first time in a long time that and, anybody's even come close. And I think this is how they do it. They're, how about Cody only challenging him for the WWE title, because that's the, the dusty title, I guess. Well, it's also the one, he's had that the least amount of time in comparison. Right. So, so he'd be able to give that up? 
more easily than well, he, the big. If he gave up the WWE Championship mm-hmm. and not the Universal, which he's had for the longer, yeah. Yeah. he could technically still break Pedro Morales' record with yep. the Universal Championship. Yeah. Right, exactly. So and then, of course, you'd have to separate the titles. But then, I don't know, I always thought that maybe Roman could defend on, on WrestleMania Night 1, the Universal Championship against Zayn, and then the Night 2 uh, defend against uh, Cody yeah. with WWE title. But then, of course, that you can't have them both wrestling for the tag title. So I don't know. I'm, I, in my opinion, I, I don't know. I, I do like having two champions, but no. But you very valid points, Wes. On and because you know, growing up, it was the one main world championship, yeah. you know. And then eventually, they had these two championships. So there is a rumor out there right now that, and this is mainly a what culture rumor. Um, I haven't read it anywhere else. But the what culture guys, I don't know if you watch their stuff on YouTube. I have not seen it. Okay, What Culture is a British um, company. They do a lot of different like uh, things, like all wrestling related. They have a gaming, whatever. But um, they think uh, one of the guys on there thinks that Roman is going to win. He's going to retain his belt, and they're going to keep the belts on him until the next year's Mania, and then they're going to get the Rock to wrestle Roman. Oh wow! Oh, for like, I don't think that's going to happen. For like, Does yeah. he break Pedro's record then, Pedro Morales? I think record? I think he would break Pedro's record if he made it to SummerSlam with the belts. Um, wow. Um, but anyways, I I I think that the main the, the the money is in taking the belts off of Roman and having the bloodline like they all lose on the same night as as a total um, destruction of the bloodline. Yeah, like yeah the. the 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 that that um faction has been running wild for the better part of a year, maybe longer. <laughs> like Roman, Sammy was with the Bloodline for nine months, and they were together for a lot longer than that. So it might even be like almost a year and a half, two years. And event, no matter how good you are on top, eventually you have to make another guy. And Cody is at that age where if he would became the guy who dethroned Roman Reigns, yeah. he's a star forever now. Like yeah. when Brock beat um, Undertaker, mm-hmm. same age as Cody right now as yeah. Brock was then. And when Brock beat the Undertaker, he became something else. Like he could yeah. do whatever he wanted and everybody paid attention. If Cody beats Roman, he becomes the next guy. Yeah. And he's already very marketable. He's already very good at like PR and like going on yeah. talk shows. Yep. He's, he's got, he's he does everything that Miz story. does to the, yeah. the And I hope my boy Miz has a, a good match on, on WrestleMania. But I think we, we talked about all the, the Mania <laughs> matches Very now. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we got Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt versus Bobby Lashley, Subject to Change, Brock Lesnar versus Omo, Subject to Change, uh, Austin Theory versus John Cena, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos. And, of course, confirmed Charlotte Flair defending against Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair versus Asuka. And I hope that tag match happens with uh, yeah. Becky Lynch and Lita versus Ronda Rousey. There's a rumor Gina that um, one of the women's matches might main event might night one. Oh. Which one? Which one is deserving of the main event between those two women's matches? I mean, I'll tell you which one I want, but I don't tell you which one. <laughs> I think I think. I want it to be Oscar and, and Belair. For, On the first night. Yeah, for for whatever reason, I don't care. I just think that they. <laughs> okay. I think I just like them more. Um, but I think that it'll be Charlotte and um, yeah, and Rhea yeah. just because it's Charlotte and she's always in a high profile match and 
Rhea needs that win. She needs to get her win back from when Charlotte beat her for the NXT Women's Championship. There you go. She beat her handedly. And boy, was I mad that night. Uh, <laughs> think she'll beat her, though, at WrestleMania? I'm telling you right now, as God, <laughs> you, and Al as my witness, if Rhea does not beat Charlotte Flair, I am done with WWE for no, the following not. year. The following year, I am <laughs> done. I'm Is telling it? you, Al, he can't promise that. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> you are invested like all of us. I an angry letter to no one. He... Awesome. Uh, this has been great, guys. Um, that's our WWE discussion. Of course, we didn't get much AEW stuff, but uh, rumored to return is CM Punk. Hopefully, uh, okay. he he does mix it up and 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 brings interest back. I think that was that I was watching around that time. And after Punk left, I kind of stopped. I was still DVRing AEW and I not have to catch up to it, but nonetheless, I uh, will get back to AEW. But uh, as we conclude the show, we always. Uh, Give a shout out for those that are no longer with us or those that have passed away uh, this week. Uh, Richard Belzer, beloved okay. comedian uh, and actor from Homicide Life in the Street, Law and Order, SVU, died at the age of 78. Um, his last words, his friend said, was, fuck you, motherfucker, as he's about to die. Well done. <laughs> wow. So certainly a legend uh, in the acting world. We also lost uh, Barbara Bossen. Um, Emmy-nominated actor from Hill Street Blues. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Um, and the actor Jansen Panettiere, whose um, sister is Heroes star Hayden Panettiere. Oh, yeah. Away. 28. At the young age of 28. Um, yeah. No cause of death. He was found in uh, an apartment in New York City. Um, yeah, no cause of death. And uh, no foul play. But he's had roles on The Walking Dead, The Perfect Game, How High 2, Racing Stripes, and Martial Arts Kids. And um, also Kyle Jacobs, songwriter and husband of Kelly Pickler, had also passed away. And with Death We Celebrate Life for those another year around the sun include C-3PO, Anthony Daniels, the 77. Happy birthday, C-3PO. Uh, William Peterson of CSI 70. Kelsey nice. Grammer is 68 today. Actor Kim Coates of uh, Sons of Anarchy, 65. Jack Coleman of Heroes, which he's talked about Hayden Panettiere earlier, 65. Billy Baldwin, and uh, the one that's not in trouble with the law right now of the Baldwin Brothers is 60. Uh. Happy birthday, Titus Burgess. He's 44. Nice. Can Harley Waits, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and one of my uh, crushes from back in the day is 44. Nice. (laughs) Really? I thought she was here on that. Yeah. She was younger at Party of Five. <laughs> yeah. She was also in Party of Five, yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, Key and Peels, Jordan Peele, and Get Out's director, uh, amazing director, is 44. Asha Green of Twilight is 36. Mm. Elliot Page of Umbrella Academy, Inception Juno, is 36 today. Happy birthday, Elliot. You, baby. <laughs> Haley Arantia of the Goldbergs is 29 and your grace Sophie Turner Sansa Stark is 27 that is birthday today 27? 27 happy birthday man. Sansa <laughs> <laughs> so that, that wraps up a, an incredible episode of BTB Below the Belt show we'd like to thank of course our entire panel tonight including Hanging with us here on BTV, uh, cosplayer couple extraordinaire, 
Joe Colton and Wes, we thank you so much uh, for for joining us here. Joe, you did awesome. I always I knew you'd be knocking it out of the park. And Wes, special guest from our baby. <laughs> First interview with baby. <laughs> you announced that something in your um on your Facebook that you announced that you were expecting. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm guessing a future little cosplayer. I I can imagine the baby pictures in cosplay. Yeah. Can I? Is that an accurate uh, guess? Yes. 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 <laughs> they don't have a choice until they're much older. <laughs> yes. Nice. Thank you for and, having us. We've been yes. enjoying on the show. This is amazing. Of course, any plugs? Of course, Joe Colton cosplay on all the social medias, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, what's on Joe Mind? You're welcome, Mike. <laughs> I plug the damn a, show and I'm, I'm not even G- on it. I'm on a GI Joe podcast uh, and live stream show. It's been going oh, on nice. for ten years for GI Joe like toys and like and everything. Yes. <laughs> I'm not even on the show, but I plugged it. I the always, wrist lock. I always yes. like forget to plug it, and so he's like, "You've been on the show for like <laughs> half a decade." Awesome! Wow, we thank you so much, both of you. Yes, check out Joe's uh, podcast. The the uh, and we don't plug podcasts very often, but of course we have to plug Joe Colton's podcast of GI <laughs> Joe or think GI Joe related and future future cons that you'll be attending. Um, Galaxy Con Richmond. Yes. That's we'll this we'll month. We'll get that uh, both days. Um, Dragon Con. Dragon are you going? Con. Atlanta GA. Yep. That's yep. a big one. I may make an appearance at um, Shore Leave in, in uh, Hunt Valley. Just mm-hmm. for a day. I was just I'm, at their sister con. Farpoint. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we, we may be we probably leaning probably more towards yes going to be at um cosplay world richmond uh yes. in the beginning of august nice. uh i believe this one right here will be um be maybe a guest. be a guest <laughs> we haven't had that confirmed just yet but uh there you go I, i'm i'm imagining you're kind of just deciding which cosplays to debut your your little one <laughs> yes so uh, <laughs> it probably won't be at any cons this year uh, right <laughs> right maybe next year maybe all right well, that that's it for Below the Belt show. Of course, we're ending tonight's show with our incredible pre-recorded interview with martial artist, icon, actress Cynthia Rothrock. And um, listen, enjoy, and we will see you guys next week. Until then, peace. All right, special interview time here on Below the Belt show. So happy to have. Back on BTB is my buddy Shannon Lanier, director extraordinaire. But we have the queen of martial arts, um, action star extraordinaire, black belt extraordinaire, trailblazer for so many badass women in the film world and martial arts world, Cynthia Rothrock. Good to have you on Below the Belt Show. It's great to be here. Cynthia, so great to have you on Below the Belt Show. Um, and uh, Shannon is a good friend, and of course we had to have you on to talk about this amazing film that you have a Kickstarter that's already met its goal of over 245k, uh, and you only had an 89k goal. But uh, BlackCreekMovie.com is the website, and it redirects to a Kickstarter, and uh, this is going to be a Western martial arts hybrid film, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Something different, I think, that uh, people haven't really uh, seen before. You know, I um, 
I came up with the idea because I love Westerns. And then I wanted to add like this incredible martial arts with a female gunslinger lead that can really fight. So that's how we started. And then it all came together. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing because I haven't seen too many martial arts with Western combined, right? That This is kind of a, a unique um, hybrid of a film, right? Exactly. I, I, you know, you might see a little bit here and there, uh, but most of the time it's just the regular like barroom type brawl stuff. Gun, so guns blazing. This, this is the first time everybody's going to see a uh, really uh, martial art action packed Western. I mean, it sounds really amazing. And uh, of course, let's talk about the collaboration. We've got Shannon here in the room uh, of you guys um, collaborating on this, this project, which um I'm being told we'll be starting uh, production in the fall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, we're we're looking at uh, shooting in old Tucson, and uh, yeah, it, I mean it's really exciting. Uh, on Kickstarter, you know, when we put the goal, uh, we just put down a smaller goal, so you know, so we can at least a- achieve it. But we're halfway there to actually uh, financing the full film, so we're very excited about that. Awesome. And you are a producer, so you'll be doing a lot of the creative control of the film, right? What aspects uh, yeah. are you? Yeah. What what aspects are you excited to to do uh, on the creative side of the film? Well, you know, I've done uh, about seventy films, and I've always had to uh, listen to what everybody else wanted to do. I really didn't have too much say in the choreography, right. the cast, the part, you know, now I finally said, you know, I want to do my film and uh, I want to have the people in it. You know, I, I want uh, to be in charge of choreography to make sure, cause that's very important for me when I'm doing a film, whether the action is good. And, uh, you know, Shannon and I, uh, we have the same vision and uh, I'm very excited about Shannon directing this. Uh, because we've talked about everything from the fights to the acting to the lighting, you know, and we just want to come up with something really, really, really different than uh, what anybody has seen before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm happy to be a conduit for uh, for for her vision. Really, essentially, is what it is. I mean, you know, like she said, I mean, looking for the right cast. She's talked about so many awesome martial arts stars that, that everyone knows, and like including them as much as we can to make this, you know, as she described it even in an interview yesterday about the expendables of martial arts, which is really awesome. And, um, you know, that that's what I'm so you know, trying to tune into is to say, okay, this is what she really wants. And I'm, you know, sometimes it's, hey, I want this, but, you know, not knowing exactly how you to accomplish that, that's where I come in, right? Um, to say, okay, this is what you want. I'm going to make sure we get that. Because, uh, you know, you can't be a master of, like, everything in the sense of, like, how camera works and movements works and everything else. But, yeah. but I think we're in tune like that to, uh, to get exactly what she's seeing in her mind. And, and um, that, that's a really awesome experience for me, too, just to really just translate, you know, to actual uh, you know, moving picture uh, of what she wants. And so and, you know, it, it, came, it just it came about like all of a sudden, you know, all these great martial artists being in the movie. Uh, you know, one of the things is I really wanted people that can fight, that look good and can act, you know, and we have like Don the Dragon Wilson. Yes. Um, legend. Norton. Olivier Gruner, uh, Kevin Sorbo, you know, yes, uh, Hercules talking to some other big people too at the time, at, you know, now, and it's, it's just turning into that. It wasn't like I was thinking like, Hey, Shannon, let's do like all martial <laughs> art cast, but you know, I mean, we're going to have some really good actors in there too. We, um, we, uh, get to raise a higher goal on Kickstarter. Uh, I'm going to be approaching, um, 
uh, an Oscar winner uh, that is a good friend of mine to be in. Uh-oh. It. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, I really uh, okay. am so, so excited to uh, see the outcome of this because, you know, we're putting so much love, so much thought into it. It's not like, hey, let's just do this movie right. really fast. It's like, no, we are going to do this one right. Wow, and you can't mention the Oscar winner just yet, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure you'll let us know when, when the time is available. Uh, yeah. But you've collaborated with Don Wilson and, and Kevin Sorbo uh, quite a few times, right? Um, yeah, I've, I've yeah. actually done films with everybody. I, uh, Don, yeah. I've done about six films, Richard Norton, seven. Uh, I, Olivier Gruner and I have been in one or two together. You know, so I uh, they're, they're my friends. And sometimes, you know, when you all are really good friends and you want the best for the movie, that's when it, it comes out the best because everybody's, you know, trying to make the best uh, film possible, you know, and do their best job. So, yeah. <laughs> that's absolutely right. And you already have that on-screen chemistry from previous projects and, uh, and you know the actors you're working with. So that that's fantastic, Cynthia. You have an incredible, incredible uh, list of names involved with this project. So, And you're shooting in Tucson, Arizona. So it's going to get hot. It's gonna get real hot over there, isn't it? Well, that's why we're we're going more November. Okay, November. Uh, there you go. Well, I, makes... I shot in Arizona in the uh, summer, you know, and mm -hmm. the, you know the film takes place like in the 1900s, so you know there's a lot of clothing on. So want to make sure everybody's comfortable and not gonna yeah. pass out from the 120 degree heat. Yes. <laughs> Well, tell us about your, your training regimen. Obviously, you're going to get in tip-top uh, shape for this film. Um, and uh, what, what, what does that encompass, uh, well, getting you, know, you ready? Yeah, I, I always exercise every single day. You know, I um, so if a movie comes up, like, you know, I might, you know, I think I'm in really good shape. But what I probably will do is just kind of cut down the carbs a little bit, you know, and just kind of just trim, a, trim a bit. But I feel, you know, as long as your lifestyle is very active and physical, you know, yes. you don't have to say, oh, I have to get in shape now. But, you know, because you are in shape all the time. And, and right. so is everybody in the cast, you know, because we're martial artists. And that's what we live by is, you know, health and physical fitness and keeping up your skills, you know, so it's more, more just like, oh, okay, you know, I'll have a little less peace. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> She's not like us. She, uh, our best day is her worst. So. <laughs> so, you I look guess amazing, I by the way, Cynthia. Amazing. Hmm? You look, look amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, I, I have been posting these videos. So I was like, man, I got to get in shape because I did. I got to be around these people all day long. I can't, <laughs> I can't be winded. I got to do something. <laughs> I see you posting those uh, uh, gym selfies there. <laughs> yeah, I'm struggling away. I got to. You got to do up. it. Yeah. Well, Cynthia, I'd like to talk about some of your past work because, I mean, just, I mean, over 60 films, right? Uh, um, and uh, one of your earliest films was uh, Yes, Madam with Michelle Yeoh. And, uh, man, I if, if you could choose any film of your past to do a sequel with what would it be because i personally would love to see yes madam too with you and yeah, michelle I, I mean you know that one i would love to i would love to do also writing wrongs with you and view okay uh i would say like those those two uh i would love to do a sequel to sworn to justice because that was a film that i did uh that i really really liked so i would say they would be my top three uh most of the films i've done we did do a sequel because they made money so there's yeah. like you know 
that's Getaway 1 and 2, China O'Brien 1 and 2. Actually, you know what? Come to think of it, I really would love to do a China O'Brien 3. Yes. That was uh, one of my first English-speaking movies, and I feel like now if we we did that, uh, like, it... 30 years later, you know, uh, right. know a lot more about acting, a lot more about film. And when we were shooting China O'Brien, we didn't know anything. So I think um, we could do like a, a more a darker version of China O'Brien in the future. So right now, actually, it's something we're looking forward to, to see if we can um, try to get the rights for it to do a, a China O'Brien 3. But right now, all the focus is you know, on Black Creek. <laughs> of course, the focus on Black Creek, but I think Chad O'Brien 3 would be amazing. In fact, your daughter is, a, is an actress in martial arts as well, right? Um, She's an actress. She's okay. actually, she, you know, she probably will make an appearance in this film in a small okay. part. And, um, and I think people would like to see that, too, as well. Yeah, I see the generational thing, you know? Yeah. I like that. But, you know, she she um, she started martial arts when she was little, but she's very physical. You know, she does, um, uh, she was on professional dance teams, extremely flexible, you know, uh, but then as she got older, uh, you know, she went more into singing and acting instead of the martial arts. So, you know, she's like following her own path now, not mom's path. <laughs> <laughs> How did you like working with Michelle Yeoh? Oh, it was great. You know, it was my first movie. It was her third movie, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was good. She wasn't really a martial artist at the time, you know, so we mm-hmm. kind of supported each other and helped each other, you know, uh, do all this tough action that Corey Yoon was throwing at us. And uh, she was like my best friend then. And uh, she was probably only person that spoke English. (laughs) So I literally went, (laughs) you know, bonded with her right from the start. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a language barrier because you've you've done a lot of of your films in China. How were you able to get through a lot of that production with not speaking the language. Yeah, you know, it, it was hard. I've done uh, about seven Hong Kong films, and it's it's funny because when other uh, foreigners would come over, they would always ask me to translate, and I really didn't understand what they were saying, but for some reason you develop this kind of intuition or sign language that I knew what they were trying to say without really understanding the words, and I did try to learn uh, Mandarin for a while, but then everybody spoke Cantonese, and then I started learning Cantonese, which is probably one of the most difficult languages to learn. But, um, you know, I, I think I got by more just by just just basically, you know, it, it was an understanding of what they wanted, you know, and telling other people what they wanted. And uh, it, it was funny because I wasn't a translator, but <laughs> it was just all all what I thought they were saying, you know, is like. Action, I guess, is easy, you know, because you just got to watch and you go, oh, yeah, I know what they want, you know. And Corey, you did have one English word and it would always be more power, more power. (laughs) (laughs) I was also curious uh, because obviously you're so badass in a lot of your films, but uh, in Sworn to Justice, you had a very racy uh, scene. I was curious how you were convinced to, to go that route for that particular film. Well, you know, uh, I knew the director, Paul Maslick, and they said, you know, we want to change your image. We don't want it to be like the typical, oh, you know, the kind of tomboyish girl next door, you know. So I was yeah. excited about it. I was like, yeah, you know, I haven't done anything like that. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, they sent me to Ivana Chubbuck uh, to do uh, uh, acting classes. And uh, it was really funny because she was like uh, – you know, because it was like a sexy kind of role, you know, and I had love scenes. I saw the, I saw it. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, she, she was like, yeah, everybody you see, it doesn't matter who it is, you know, a man or woman, you have to look like you want to sleep with them. I was going, oh my God, really? You know, <laughs> it was like my first uh, acting experience, but, uh, you know, I learned a lot from her and, uh, you know, it, it has become one of my favorite films because, uh, you know, the acting was different than what I had to do. You know, I was uh, like a, a psychologist. You know, I didn't learn, you know, yeah. technical terms. You know, I was working with Brad Dorf, you know, Oscar winner. You know, I, it was uh, it was a great experience. They took time, you know, kind of like how Shannon's going to do with this film. They took time to make sure that, the, you know, the, the lighting was good. The costuming was right, right. you know, and, and that's what I loved about shooting that. And, you know. I, you know, want to have like all that plus more in, in this film that we're doing. So, you know, when you have more control, you can do you can do that. Yeah. But, could we revisit a racy scene with Kevin Sorbo, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we have, we, we have any. Not with me anyway. Yeah, more, more, uh, more tough, uh, more, you know kind of female Clint Eastwood version. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I mean, that, that's the one thing about Westerns. I mean, Westerns are cinematic. You know, I was, uh, it's funny, I was, Cynthia, I was watching, uh, which one was I catching up on? Uh, the one with you and uh, Richard. Uh, well, you did more than one with him, but, um, you know, and then I was watching your thing you did with uh, um, uh, with Don, too, that, what, what was the one he did in 2001? The one where they're, uh, I think, in Thailand. Uh, uh, um, You're playing basically just a girl in fatigues. In Thailand, I think it was called yeah. Death Fighter. Yeah, Death Fighter. Yeah, I was watching yeah. that one, too. Yeah. You know, it's kind of because I'm kind of looking back at what you guys have done and you know, trying to do as much homework as I can on sort of, you know, what about those films that are different than this Western film? Right. A lot of times it's because it's just so many cam. it's just constantly cutting, 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 even yeah, in, uh, yeah. you know, even in dialogue scenes that aren't fighting. You know, we have to bridge that gap between really snappy action and then, of course, the nice drawn out Western style. Right. That right, like yeah. you said about your, your other film that, you know, makes it more cinematic and more of a longer storyline. Yeah, yeah and I, I think this up. is good for Don as well. It's a different character yeah. for him yeah. to play, you know, and uh, I think, uh, you know, one of the things I love about the script is the character development. They're all very strong characters, you know, and uh, I think people are going to be surprised on, on this film uh, in, in many ways. You know, it's pretty dark. It's pretty gritty. But uh, it's funny because I was saying, you know, that's the kind of films I like to watch. And that's how I kind of, you know. Uh, when we had the script saying, no, it has to be a little bit more darker here, you know, looking at me going, well, you a twisted mind. Yeah, maybe, but that's what I like to see, you know? So uh, I, I'm just so excited when we do this, you know, and uh, see people's reactions. So I'm telling everybody, if you don't like it, you just have to, you, you know, you can blame me or Shannon. <laughs> yeah, uh, blame yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. We're the, we're the ones, you know, with the vision and the foresight of, how we want to do it, you know, wow. and um, it, it, it's, it's great to have a director that's on the same page and looking for the same thing, you know, so I think we're going to, we're going to come up with some magic here. Yeah. Like you're saying something, you're a big fan of Yellowstone with Joel Mai and, and 1883 and 1823 yeah. and all that. And um, the thing that makes that great is that there's, there's a slow burn when it needs to be, you know, and um, I think that's something that lacks in a lot of martial arts films, right? There's, it's either a martial arts film that is really quick Right. Or it's a cinematic film, and bridging those two gaps together. I'm excited about that. You, yeah, you had mentioned that in the other interview about the whole idea about a uh, a horror film, a martial arts horror film, which would be awesome. <laughs> that's another one. Well, that, 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 you know, when, when I, um, 
I was, uh, we were first uh, writing the script. It's like, okay, what kind do you want? I could have easily went into horror because I do love horror, but I think that's something, you know, we'll do down the road, you know, do the uh, horror action picture. <laughs> have you done a horror film before, Cynthia? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, there you go. Uh, I have not. I've always wanted to. I almost did. Uh, but uh, it's funny because sometimes I say, yeah, I did a few horror films, but they weren't really that kind of horror, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I, a hard... I, I'm doing an interview later today on one that I did a long time ago. And okay. I, like, oh, I, have to, I watched it last night, so yeah, <laughs> I had to sit through it, going, "Oh my gosh, I don't even remember doing that." <laughs> oh, I read about Black Creek. It's a dystopian uh, Western and martial arts film. So, what's the dystopian part of the film, Shannon? Dystopian. Well, uh, I didn't write it, so, so okay. for someone to ask about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we know dystopia means more like, you know, or market crash and whatever, generally, it's more of a modern day thing. Right. Uh, but I think it's, uh, I think uh, you're talking about more of a kind of like closer to steampunk styling, not that there's steampunk in there, but I know that Cindy okay. spent a lot of time on her ideas of how they want to look and dress and yeah. all that. So that, that sort of vibe, I think, when we talk oh, about. Okay. You know, uh, versus the end of the world dystopian. It's it's uh, <laughs> more aggressive that way. What would you say, uh, Cynthia? Yeah, uh, yeah, I I agree. You know, um, yeah. yeah, just uh, the look and the feel mm -hmm. is uh, you know going to be something that we're uh, edging for. That's going to be different. You know, so typical than your regular westerns as yeah. well. <laughs> so no, there, there's. Uh, it's an aggressive film. There's there's some uh, oh some, yeah she she wrote in some uh, some eye opening stuff. <laughs> that was <laughs> long. Awesome. Well, you know, I always uh, when I when COVID happened, I started watching a lot of TV, and I, I'm not a TV person, so I'm catching ah. the series. And within like the first episode, especially the second, if it doesn't grab me, I I can't watch it. I'll just get really bored with it. So uh, <laughs> same thing when I was competing. You know, I always said when you're you're doing a routine. The, you start off, you have to start off so dynamic with an eye opener. And uh, that's how I felt in this movie. Um, like when I watched, like, for example, like Hunters, you know, with Al Pacino. I don't know if Fantastic you guys saw that series. one. Yes. The opening, like, kind of blew my mind. I right. Like, oh, my God. And the was opening barbecue was crazy. I was, yes, right. Remember that? I was telling all my friends, you have to watch this. You have to watch this. They're like, oh, I can't. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, but it's so exciting. And like. Same thing like um, with, uh, you know, watching the prequel to Yellowstone, the third the, the third one, you yeah. know, like that scene like uh, with the nuns. I was like, oh, my God. So I kind of wanted uh, to open up with definitely an eye opener in, in this one here. And I remember when Kevin uh, Sorbo read the script, he goes, that opening, he went, sheesh. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Speaking yeah. of television, have you tuned into tuned into Cobra Kai? I have, yeah. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, I watched that, and uh, they actually mentioned me in season four. I know. And yeah. uh, that was awesome. So I'm I'm talking a bit to uh, the producer, like hoping to uh, get on that. I know they That's only awesome. have one more season six is left. That's but right. Do that was my up, question. But... That was my yeah. question. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm yeah. definitely on board, you know. So, so awesome. see, I know there's a lot of campaigns out there like Cynthia Rothrock and Cobra Cry and yes. websites like, why should she yes. be in Yes, I got it know? <laughs> <laughs> Sensei Cynthia, Sensei, Sensei Rothrock, I love it. <laughs> that awesome. is absolutely amazing because um, 
And I was just reading on your, your black belt accolades, seven, seven black belts. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah seven been, different disciplines. I myself, a I have a, a, a black belt in Northern Shaolin Kung Fu from Ghost oh. Kung Fu in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, so from I, who? From here? Because I used to, I used to compete all the time. Um, Ghost Kung Fu? Ghost Kung Fu, no. Gee, I don't Anthony, know Anthony Go. Yes, Anthony Go. Sifu, yes, Anthony Go. Yes. Isn't he part of with Godfrey Ho? I'm not Isn't sure. Godfrey Ho, his like. Yeah, I think so. I think okay. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's funny because that's the movie I was watching last night with Godfrey. Yeah. But it was it took place there in Maryland. You know, it's it's funny. But uh, yeah, I used to uh, compete all the time. I used to train with Willie Lynn. I don't know if yeah. you remember Willie Lynn from Maryland. Dennis Brown. Dennis Brown, I know, I know that. Yeah, name, yeah. yeah so was that was my old stomping grounds, also for competition. <laughs> yeah, I heard about. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That. That is amazing. And yeah, I, I really loved my training at, at Ghost Kung Fu. It was amazing. The forms were just so, so beautiful. The broadsword like form and weapons. Yeah. Yeah, the weapons. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. Um, what kind of weapons can we expect in uh, Black Creek? Well, you know, you're not going to see like uh, too many <laughs> Chinese weapons, but we do have a big surprise that okay. uh, uh, you will see a weapon that is new and created. But, okay. Uh, I think you you know you'll you'll see weaponry, but not like that kind of traditional. Um, yeah. More like you know you'll see me fighting like with a pitchfork. <laughs> okay, pitchfork. But see, I love that kind of stuff because you know you could take that kind of weapon and it could be you know like similar to you fighting with a staff or or with uh you know a, a sword with the you know the edges of it so uh that's another reason you'll see some different kind of weapon work but not so much the traditional but things that you know someone could really use that would be laying around that would work you know very effectively as weapons. so cool of course yeah. you got to have guns in a western right so mm-hmm. that's that's going to be a primary thing yeah as well, yeah right? no actually it's not the primary we will have guns really right? okay We're, not the no, primary. primary is going to be the martial art action the fight. okay yeah so you know Nice. Yeah, Don was talking about it yesterday and comparing it more to just more of a realism sort of yeah. action martial arts film that, and I mean, traditionally, right, the whole idea about weapons, right, is anything you can find, use it. Yeah. So, love you that, that that's a realism. That, that's going to be something new, yeah, to, to have guns in, like in the background, more, more so the, the martial arts is the forefront. Yeah, right. That is dope. That is the Wow, that is so amazing. Um, One more question before we wrap up, Cynthia. You, um, you work with um, the late Jansen Panettiere and, and the martial arts kid. Uh, we we just heard about that uh, sad news um, last week. He's the brother of uh, Hayden Panettiere. I was just uh, curious on your thoughts working on working on that film with him and and working with Jansen in general. Yeah, he was a very talented person. Very talented. You know, I liked uh, watching him in his scenes. You know, uh, he was very comfortable filming. Uh, very confident. Uh, and, you know, he, he was a he was a great person, you know, offset. He was very friendly to everybody, always laughing, always smiling. So, yeah, it's a it's a big loss for everyone. Uh, you know, he was such a, a great person and talent, you know, but I'm glad that, you know, we had the opportunity to work with him in the martial art kid. Yeah. And uh, Shannon, you told me there's a script for martial arts kid, too, right? Uh, yeah. No, Cynthia would know more. I mean, I know that there's been that post about doing martial arts kid, too, that. that yeah. Adonis project. I already see it. I, I see uh, Catherine Newton, who yeah, is in the Ant-Man 3 film. 
<laughs> uh, see you and her coming back and in, 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 in Jansen's honor to do, uh, yeah, to do the, um, I think the, I think that's perfect, right? <laughs> perfect pitch, right? Yeah. I think that would work out really awesome. Martial arts kids too with Catherine Newton and Cynthia Rothrock. I'd love to see that. <laughs> so, <laughs> that would be great. Wow. Cynthia, uh, wow. Thank you so much uh, for talking to us here on Below the Belt Show. Been a fan of yours for, for so many years and um, was so happy when Shannon um, told me about the opportunity to, to get you on on the podcast. And thank you so much. And if we could, before we let you go, mm-hmm. let us know who you are. Throw out a plug for Black Creek. Um, and uh let us know you're on Below the Belt show and anything, a catchphrase or anything you want at the end. Okay. Hello, Cynthia Rothrock, and I'm on Below the Belt, and I'm here uh, with Shannon Lanier promoting uh, my uh, upcoming film, Black Creek. We are currently on Kickstarter. Uh, we have great incentives. Uh, we have where you can do a fight scene in the movie with myself, Don Wilson, uh, with uh, uh, Olivier Gruner. And uh, it's a, a lifetime opportunity, but we really appreciate your support. Uh, right now, we are currently the number one action picture on Kickstarter, so we're so proud of that. Uh, so please uh, support us. Um, no amount is too small. We just love having you part of the Black Creek family, and that's blackcreekmovie.com. That was awesome. Wow. <laughs> One take wonder. I love it. <laughs> and let's go ahead and uh, take a snapshot on the count of three. We'll sm- one, two, and smile. There it goes. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Thank you so much, Cynthia. This is awesome. Well, thank, thank you. you Shannon. Yeah, and send me the link and I'll put it on uh, my social media. Yeah. Account. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Thank you so much. Best of luck. <laughs> thank you guys. Okay. Well, thanks, Shannon. No problem. Talk to you soon. Thank Talk you, Cynthia. Soon. Okay. Bye. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain.